Jesus nah. Christ, you people suck. <laughs> wow. Radio, episode 608 for June 29th, 2020. And we got a big show this week. On the show this week, we have the lovely Anthony. I've been drinking. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's just cut to the point. All right. Uh, we got Drew. Yep. Calling everybody I mean, again. That was kind of we got Drew. He's, he's on the phone. I, I'm, I'm still here. Uh, we've got Jay. Ohio, fellas. Ohio Gozamos. I don't know what the Gozamos is. I don't know. I, I butchered it on purpose. It's fine. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and the Wombat will be joining us momentarily. We waited five minutes, and he still wasn't here on time. So he, we'll, we'll expect the microphone kerfuffle to happen in a couple of minutes. Anyway. Let's hop into this. Uh, Drew, since I know you'll be cutting in and out and, and may have to leave early or whatever happens, uh, do you want to go first? I don't know if you played it. You were on vacation this week, right? Yeah, I was on vacation last week. Um, so I had to um, put a hold on most of my game time. I did play some Animal Crossing. There you go. I uh, also played a good amount of Xenoblade Chronicles. That's what I like to hear, fella. That's, uh, that is a fantastic video game. What about that world, Drew? Don't you want to just explore every nook and cranny? There is a great world there. Sometimes it's a little too big. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know it's... <laughs> Go ahead. All, I'm, all I'm hearing is you're gonna be like really into the Xenosaga remaster when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. You Those are different games. Those are yeah, different kind of know. games. He went back and finished Xenogears. He's in. Can't well, just so everybody would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they're not going to shut up until he plays Xenosaga. No, come on. <laughs> nah, I can, I can ignore these people. Now, Drew, Drew, I mean, you, you said a lot of things that won't happen, but I've made every single one of them come true. So, I mean, you can resist <laughs> all you like. It only makes me try slightly harder, but uh, it'll get done. Don't worry about it. So have they confirmed that the Xenosaga remaster no. is happening? It's, no, it's, not in a, yet. it's in a developer limbo because isn't yeah. isn't like the developer who built it now owned by somebody else and developers basically working with Nintendo exclusively and Namco owns yeah. the rights. Yeah, yeah, Namco owns the rights to Xenosaga. So unless there's a deal made, which come on, Banjo's in Smash, so yeah, maybe. Yeah, Nam- and and Namco Bandai keeps working with Nintendo a lot. They work with Xbox. I mean, Namco, Namco Bandai works with everybody. Like they, well, they're on Microsoft stage. I, like fuck I, it. I should rephrase that. Namco Bandai works on Nintendo-owned properties quite a bit. That's true. That too. Yeah. 
So, but I did play uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, that's the one I've never played because um, I I didn't. I think I got rid of my Wii by the time it came out. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Like that's uh, that is a very very good uh, game. In fact, it's so good that I know it's a remake or mm-hmm. a remaster. Remake. I think it. I think it's in my top ten. It should I mean, be. That's fine. Can Can you put these kind of games of in your you top ten? Of course you can. Even though it's been re-released twice. Yeah. This yeah. is the first time it's actually been remade. Like it's clear by just the models that it's been remade. Yeah, there I was think, work put into this. I think a remaster stuff. is is tough to consider for you know like a remaster or a port. Especially a port shouldn't be on a top ten list in my book. But a remaster and especially a remake is worth considering. It's uh, depending on the amount of work. And the remake is basically bottom up, except for maybe some of the voice acting. So yeah. you know, it's basically also also it's your list. So yeah, fuck the true. world. That's true. <laughs> well, as it stands right now, it is in top ten of the year. It is a fantastic RPG. Um, another fantastic RPG that I've been playing is The Witcher. Witcher Three. The Witcher. I'm uh, about halfway through Blood and Wine. Nah. I'm to the point where uh, you're getting ready to make a decision that will then put you on a path that could possibly deviate from another person's. I think so, I followed yep. that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and uh, I had to stop there because that's when I went on vacation. So um, I didn't get much more time in there. But man, The Witcher 3. It's a good video still, game. Still a fantastic video game. How about that environment? Yeah, yeah, dude. Trussant is beautiful. <laughs> Croissant <laughs> is amazing, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still, I have to say this. I'm not done with it yet. I still think I prefer Hearts of Stone. I, I agree with you, actually, from a story standpoint. I liked Hearts of Stone's story better. Hearts of Stone's yeah. story got really good when you got to doing the favors. Sure. Yeah. Well, see, th- that's the thing, and that's what Matt brought up, and I think we we both are in agreement that Hearts of Stone, everything you did in Hearts of Stone was going along with this story. There's a ton of stuff in Blood and Wine that are like has nothing to do with these vampires or or you know this killer going around killing people. Um, it, it, there's it's it's a lot more of The Witcher Three. While yeah. Hearts of Stone felt like it's its own little, you know, connected story with a bunch of side stuff that has to do with the story. Yeah, and the, the other thing that Blood and Wine's trying to do is it's trying to wrap up the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get some stuff, especially towards the end of that DLC, that is much more focused around, um, sort of the 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 end quote unquote of Geralt's story in this trilogy. Um, and some, some nice little moments towards the end, but I agree with you that Hearts of Stone's a lot more focused. Um, but there's, I mean, there's some cool stuff in, uh, Blood and Wine for folks that have read the novel or novels, but, um, it's not as, it's not as tight as Hearts of Stone is for sure. Right. Cause I didn't like that, you know, we run into Regis at the very beginning. 
Daryl's like, hey, I know you. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are because uh, I've never read the books. Yeah, he's <laughs> a major character in the novels. Yeah, speaking yeah. of the books, Ryan, uh, I'm almost done with uh, Lady of the Lake. I'm at oh, the- nice. Yeah, I've read through all of them, um, so I'm all caught up. I don't know when the next book might be coming out, but uh, it's been a wild adventure. Yeah, so there is, there is another one out called um, Season of Storms, but it's like, uh, um, I think it's like a prequel. I own it, but I haven't even cracked it open yet. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they're excellent books. They they um, there's some parts of them that are a little uh, melodramatic, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, they're well written fantasy books. Agreed. Party on, Wayne. All right, Drew. What else? Um, see here. I so my wife wanted to. She wants to recapture the magic that was until dawn, where okay. we sat down and she watched me play the game. And so she wants to basically find a game or a series or something like that that we could sit down together. And I went the complete opposite direction of until dawn and said, hey, there's this game that I play and I just bought the sequel to it. And I think you may like it. So we sat down and we had played Maclass Masquerade 2. Hey! I don't know how you do that co-op or whatever, but... We basically just sit down and she's like, grab that piece, flip it, all right, put it right there. (laughs) That's basically what it is. Hey, if it works, that game's awesome. It is. She she absolutely loves Glass Masquerade. (laughs) I mean, who who uh, doesn't love Glass Masquerade? Well, wonderful. I don't know anything about it until you guys kept hyping it up, but I saw that it was on sale for like a dollar and forty-seven cents per each game, and I was like, yeah. All right, "I'll put it in my card and check out later." So yeah. it's sitting in my Steam card right now. You, you should go purchase it if if yeah. you like just straight up puzzles. It's it's one of the best experiences. Well, guys, it's no. just it's this thing that you can just play and you're like oh man i'll just put 20 minutes in and then it's like four hours later and you're like oh shit it's a dollar 47 cents oh that's a cent. steal and i have to really consider my purchases you know i don't i don't have that much money you know <laughs> like yes i buy 60 dollar games as soon as they come out regularly but a dollar 47 requires me to extensively research every single possible facets about that game before i purchase it so i'll think about it but Thank you for your input. Yep. <laughs> Thank you um, for your so, input. I, I don't know uh, if we'll yeah. talk. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know. You, you finish your thought while we're on Glass Masquerade because I have one to jump off of with uh, Until Dawn. So. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, we've been playing through that. Um, we've done probably about five puzzles together, and she seems to be really enjoying it. Once we finish that, you know, I, I, I flirted with the idea of since she's into this puzzle game stuff, why don't I boot up The Witness? Oh, that's a hard sidestep. Yeah. I, I know, I know, but I just, I don't know, maybe? Yeah, it's worth a try. Yeah, it's worth a try. Um, she, she was, I don't know, I haven't been playing many games lately. It, you know, it's one of those things of... I get home, I've worked, 
you know, I, I just finished working an entire month without a day off and I get home and don't really feel like playing anything. And she wanted to basically have something we could do together and still get to play through some of the games that I own. And I was like, cause originally I was thinking, she's like, what's a game you have that you have not played? I was like, I haven't finished Red Dead Redemption two. She's like, okay, well we can sit down and play that. And I was like, well, we may be doing that for Phoenix Down. I'm not sure. And then I was like, I I still have the 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 freaking cellophane wrapped around Spider Man. And she was like, Well, we could do that if you want to. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. Glass masquerade. <laughs> it's even more expensive than I thought. I'm gonna really have to double uh, double back on my thoughts, guys. I'm not I'm not sure if I can spend an extra seven cents. Uh, oof. Oof, I don't know, man. Missing out, man. <laughs> yeah, it's your loss. Psh, whatever. Has everybody seen the new Dark Pictures gameplay? Yeah, yeah I saw it. Yeah. yeah, that that looks great. When's uh, that one coming out? She uh, sat down with with me, and it was actually me and. Uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and we sat down and played through probably about three hours of Man of Medan mm-hmm. and Laura was like, I'm not really feeling this. I was like, it's made by the same people and it's the same kind of thing. She's like, I guess you didn't like the ghost ship setting. I don't yeah. know. I mean, not your touch of horror, that's fine. To be fair, I think Until Dawn's a superior game in general. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it is. I Drew, can't... You, should, you should play Detroit I was just about to say their stuff. Yeah. She, she watched me play a little bit of Detroit and kind of got into it. Um, but it was, you know, it, it became one of those things of like, hey, I'm going to play some Detroit. You want to sit down and play it with me? And she's like, nah, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, <laughs> did, okay. Yeah. Did, did she watch you play Heavy Rain? Uh, no. I know the Jason thing is a little hard to get over because uh, it's clearly not an American pretending to be American. But, um, I mean, the crime aspect of it is super fascinating. So, yeah. that's or instead, another one you could try. You could just sit down and listen to Purple Rain. I thought Chocolate Rain. I mean, where, where I mean it, you should watch Purple Rain. There's you could watch good, Purple Rain, too. There's some, there's some <laughs> good comedy segments in there that are totally unintentional. Where are we uh, at? What are we doing? I don't know, man. We've we gotten the prince somehow. Purple Rain. I got a great concert. It's uh, 3 a.m. and I really need a camel. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's 3 a.m. I must be lonely. No. Um, That is one of the best Kevin Smith talks. It is. I I still feel like we're like going down a highway like 100 miles an hour doing like donuts. I'm I'm, I'm taking it. I'm going over a a bridge. Anything else, Drew? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's been kind of uh, slow going as far as games go, but I'm hoping to remedy that this week. Going to be playing some more Witcher 3 for Phoenix Down, Glass Mask Raid 2, uh, and who knows, maybe a little bit else. Maybe we'll finish Glass Mask Raid and I'll move on to, the, I don't know. Glass Mask Raid 2? No, nah, we, we've, that's what we're playing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We finished Glass Mask Raid. Good news. There's a sequel. There's a, There's sequel. a sequel. It's beautiful. 
All right, we'll uh, hop over to Anthony real quick. What you got going on? Yeah, so uh, SpongeBob couldn't talk about last week. That game's really good. The GameSpot review is uh, abysmal. I don't. I didn't read I anybody don't... else's reviews. I just bought so, it, and I think so, it's wonderful. So, so I people are saying this is like janky, and I mean, if you're expecting Mario, then yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get that here. But it's thirty dollars. Hey, it's hey, really if pretty. To Mario, in the words of In Vogue, you're never gonna get it. Yeah. Um, music reference day. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah the the review for Gamespot, like, there's some stuff in it where the guy's like trying to bubble bowl, and he's saying like, it, "I you move forward automatically, and then you step off the switch," which. I was like, "What am I watching?" I've. It's like this really weird thing where I'm like I can't tell if the guy's trying to write a hit piece on this game for some bizarre reason or he just can't play video games but it was one of those moments where I'm like and and don't get me wrong this game's not perfect there's some moments in this where I'm like ah you can really feel that this is like the B tier platformer still but knowing that it never tries to excel past that and that it's a very good B-tier platformer. It is not there to compete with your Spyros and your Mario and your Ratchet and Clanks. Um, This game is charming. Like, super charming. And I I like it a lot. Um, I actually really like the fact that they went for the more modern 3D Spongebob stuff from the movies rather than trying to turn the 2D show into a 3D game like the original was. Um, But it's a lot of fun. I, I, I like that game a lot. Um, what else have I played? Uh, today I played a game called Discolored and finished it. I picked it up on the Steam sale as a uh, point-and-click sort of game. Uh, there were some neat concepts. It was short. It was maybe two hours. Um, but it was uh, there were some really neat ideas in there. Um, and then I also played Wadham, which is uh, Keita Takahashi, uh, the creator of Katamari Damacy's uh, oh, yeah. last game. Everybody forgot about out. Wadham. I, said this, I had the same reaction. <laughs> um, I really like Katamari. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. Um, it's not bad, but I feel like his audience is going to be a... I don't want to say more mature, but like an older-ish audience, right? Like Katamari is, shit, 19 years old now, I want to say. Maybe I just thought 18. you were going to Katamari is shit. I was like, I'm not um, I won't hear of it, Ken. Uh, it's, it's older, and so like the... And there has been really one in years... And this is a game clearly for children. Like, if I was a kid, I think I would enjoy this more... It's it's not something like Spongebob, which is also a game for children where I like can enjoy it. I don't enjoy Wadham in the same way. It's very experimental. It's very weird. Um, and it, it's, it's disgustingly cute, but I don't really care for what's happening in the game. Like at one point, um, a dinner table comes out and joins your crew... And then there's a mouth on that table, and then it can eat the fruits and turn them into poops. And then a toilet comes, and the toilet character can take those poops and put them on top of himself, and then flushes, 
and then those are turned into golden poops. This is a very vivid LSD trip that you had, man. You you know what, Jay? You joke, but I literally asked myself, like, does he do LSD on the side and then made this? Because it was so... So there's a part before that where there is an acorn character that shows up. The acorn character plants itself, and then you dance around it with all the other friends in a circle. It grows into a tree. That tree gets angry, then can start sucking up other characters and turning them into fruits then those fruit characters can be eaten by the mouth the mouth then turns them into poop and then the poop can be turned into golden poop but i don't understand what was going on like i knew what to do but i just i yeah it's it's weird and i i finally got my physical copy because i wanted to support him and it came with an art book that's all hand drawn by him um, and I was like, okay, cool. And that's kind of the end of how I feel about that game is, okay. Cool. It's, it sounds like you have to kind of go into it with an open mind, not really expecting things to be normal or have any real I mean, that's, other than the experience. So. That's, I mean, that's kind of all of his games to some extent, like Nobi Nobi Boys, Boys, very similar. Um, it's just, this is so bizarre because everybody kind of looks like those... Um, those what are they called mr characters you know they um they were just kind of shapes and they all had different feelings or whatever i think the I kids know what property yeah they all look like that but then it's watching a tree character eat the other mm-hmm. characters and then turning them into fruits and stuff that's just like what the absolute shit is going on so that's it for me all right Wombat, you got anything you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> so I, I, did, I mean, I played some Animal Crossing, and then other than that, the only thing I played, I'm not allowed to talk about. So we'll just move on. All right. Uh, Jay, you wanna you wanna break it down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have some stuff. I have some things that I've been playing, but you know, I'm not gonna talk about everything because there's just too much. If nothing else, this last few months uh, working from home and quarantine and everything has been excellent for me delving into my backlogs, among other things. So I kind of took this opportunity to go back to games that I promised myself that I would either check out or go back to that I started but never finished. And uh, to start with, let me talk about a couple of indie games. Uh, one is CrossCode, available on the Game Pass now if you're actually interested and you have that. Um, but I will say that it's one of those games where Every moment that you play that game, you can feel the love that was put into that game. Like the combat, the the movement, the interaction between the character, the sprite artwork and everything. It just feels like there is so much attention to detail going on. And it's a weird thing to say about a 2D sprite art game, you know, kind of like a hack and slasher uh, to have like detail and everything but it's just what it feels like to me whenever i play it It just feels good to play combat is very quick um but at at the same time they have these um like temples and stuff like that which are reminiscent of like zelda temples but imagine if zelda temples were made for people that are not five to six seven years old in terms of the intelligence required to actually get through them so they actually have some really challenging puzzles that not only challenge uh, your ability to solve the puzzles themselves, but also challenge your reflexes to actually do the solution that the game requires you. 
and uh, it's very very satisfying like some of the temples have taken me like they they actually like measure how long you're taking in the temple by you racing with other characters that are going through the same instance or different instances of the same temple and i lose basically every single race because i take too long but at the same time i'm just uh enjoying myself going through these really difficult uh, areas the story is great it's kind of like this story about this girl who has this avatar she can't she has doesn't have the ability to talk uh and then she's trying to figure out the, what's going on with her avatar and trying to figure out why she's in this state uh but it's very good it's it's coming out to consoles i think it's coming out on switch uh early july so you know excellent yep, switch time. and xbox and playstation on july yeah. 7th i believe yeah, so that's coming out real soon. Like, if you're into like Zelda-esque games with some hack and slash actions with great characters, music, and everything else in between, definitely check this game out. This is definitely, definitely excellent game. Another indie game that I decided to check out was this one called Yuppie Psycho. This is one of those lesser-known games, but that's really critically, critically acclaimed in a lot of ways. I think it's sitting on 10 out of 10 Steam reviews, which is very impressive. Uh, because that's a lot of reviews that you gotta you gotta go through to get a ten out of ten. But it's one of those games. Uh, it's like when you look at it on first hand and you look at some screenshots of the game, it looks like a typical like RPG maker game, a dime a dozen game that has really rough sprite work. And I, uh, go ahead. I'm looking at a photo because I've never heard of this. Yes. yes. Um, and I'm looking at a photo of what I think is a copy machine with four hands coming out of it. Yeah. That's and I a... pulled that up right as you're like, it looks like a typical game. I'm thinking like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like on the surface, it looks kind of typical. But as you delve in, it's like a nightmarish corporate world that you live in. Um, so basically, you get hired for a job. You don't know what the job entails. You go up to the office and... There's a giant red blood stain that says "Kill the Witch," and there's a contract right in front of you. It's it's more money than you've ever seen in your life because you're kind of a poor guy, and you decide to take the deal, and you just have to try to figure out who the witch is and why you need to kill this person. And you'll soon find out that shit is weird and crazy in this corporate world because there are some really weird psycho- psychedelic crazy stuff going on and there's like a there's like an ancient curse there are people like obsessed with climbing the ladder and all the, all these other things so it's like very surrealistic but it's also very cool at the same time it's one of those games i played in two settings because once i really got into the flow of the game and what i was doing i just couldn't stop it was really it really got kind of like gripped me and even after i finished playing the game i wish there was more to do because i enjoyed it so much so, you know, if you're looking for like a horror uh horror game uh because you know there aren't too many these days, uh give it give that one a shot. It's I think only available on Steam right now. But uh, yeah, it's 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 excellent. Quick question for you, Jake. I'm just like the only thing that's that I'm like is it presented more as a visual novel or is it Oh no, no, no. So you have total control basically the whole game. Okay. Uh, so it's so it's more like a like a true adventure game where it's mainly puzzle solving. Yeah, yeah. That's, cool. Uh, I will, to give you an idea of the kind of puzzles that you might see in the game, is there's like this monster that you need to distract, and there's a guy that's bleeding out tied to an office chair. 
So you have to roll him towards the opposite oh direction that you're going to run away from the monster. So that's a puzzle that you can solve in the game. I, all right. All right. Yeah. You just sold me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, that happens really early in the game, and it gets crazier from there. It's just crazy. I, I want to say you kind of undersell it to some extent, too, because like there is um, uh, the trailer shows off like the, the pixel art animation. Mm-hmm. And wow, it's stunning. I know. Yeah, it's one of those things. But when you look at a screenshot, it looks really rough, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you when you look at it from the screenshot aspect, but when you actually see the game in motion, the animation is done really beautifully, and the visual art style is is it'll leave an impression for sure. Like you'll never look at another dot matrix printer the same way again. Oh my oh, god! Good to know. <laughs> oh my god! That thing is a that thing is a stuff of nightmares. Oh, the noise that it makes! Oh god! Fucking. Still haunts me, uh, but anyway, uh, going on. So not so much a uh, recommendation, but I never got to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't know what your opinions about the games are. Like, can you give me like a quick little primer on what you guys felt overall? I think I'm the only one who played it. Yeah, right? I yeah. bought it. Uh-huh. I right, I played on. through it. Um, like the nostalgia glasses were on for like the first I don't know six seven hours. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was done, I was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uncertain. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, there's so much padding in that game, mm-hmm. and so much of the like, I enjoy the expansion of like Jesse's character, but at the same time, there's so much of that game that I felt was just unnecessary fluff. I and I did not like might. the ending. I did not like the ending. I, I don't like the Kingdom Hearts direction. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the Kingdom Hearts direction is because I don't play the Kingdom Hearts game, but I kind of get the general gist of what you're trying to say. Listen, uh, yeah. Jay, you need to just watch my four and a half hour video on Kingdom Hearts and how the story goes, okay? To be all mm-hmm. caught up, to be ready to play the mobile game, which will add another four hours of story to Kingdom Hearts. That is, I gotta say, like, yeah. I would rather read the Witcher novels ten times more times <laughs> and have to go through the the Kingdom Hearts nonsense to be able to caught up with that. Uh. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Like, there's a, there's this thing about Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's weird because the the combination of Disney Final Fantasy, uh, it should be like a near ideal game because I love Disney, I, I love Final Fantasy stuff. But it just never clicked for me, and I don't, I don't think it ever will at this point. I own Kingdom Hearts three. I never even booted it up. Um, well, I, I can I tell you, I, I have will. played all the Kingdom Hearts games. Yep. And I can't tell you what happened in them. Hey, there's a new one coming out, Drew. I know. A new Is it a one? DLC or like a no? New there's game? two. The there's rhythm, two new games. Rhythm action game coming out. The rhythm action game. Then there's a mobile game as well. There's like 600 mobile games, you, isn't there? But, if you, but those are important to the story, Ken. That's the thing. Fuck the story. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. But, uh, yeah, just sorry, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Let's... Yeah, let's, let's stick oh, with yeah, that, because yeah, if we're in the Kingdom Hearts Road, we ain't coming back. <laughs> That's true. So, for as far as my uh, impression of Final Fantasy Remake, um, I will say that I agree with Ken on the note that there is definitely padding. A lot of the side quests aren't really meaningful and add too much to the story. Although there are certainly side quests that does. 
Uh, I think they are maybe like 50-50 as far as how that goes. Like 50% of the side content could have been cut out and the game would have been the exact same game, honestly, and it would have been fine. But what I will say is that um, I did very much enjoy what I played. Um, I'm not going to pick away at the story just yet because my impression of the story, the way that they're going without spoiling anything, of course, is basically they're taking this game into a different direction and this is going to be the first part of many. And it's it would almost be like grading a story of a play when you've only seen the first act. So I won't do that. I'm hey. interested. I'm excited to find out what might happen more. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to be saying one way or the other. It could be fantastic. The the world that they're going, the, some of the theories that people have come up with are amazing. Um, I, I yeah. know my theory is that they're going to basically make it so Aerith... Eris, I don't know which one is canon anymore. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't die. There's a lot of people that say that. There's a lot of people that say it, the, the opposite. Because this is not Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is part seven of Final Fantasy VII's overall story, which has you going back to the beginning, but then mm-hmm. the stuff And there's where the Kingdom Hearts stuff goes in. Right, right, like the whole aspect of it being in like a parallel universe and all yeah. that stuff. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. For yeah, now. no, I don't have I don't have an issue with it. It's it's just you you I can see it starting to slip and knowing who's in charge, I go mm-hmm. out. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully um we won't have that. But I'm obviously much more invested in the Final Fantasy 7 timeline. But what I don't will say undoubtedly is I love what they did with the characters. Like I never really particularly care for Aerith that much as a character when I played the original Final Fantasy 7. But now she's one of my favorites. Just interacting with her, seeing her personality, seeing her struggle and everything. Every single character in that game. Uh, like even fucking Barrett. Oh my god, what an amazing character. Like his interactions with his daughter. Uh, like his, his pain and suffering that happens after the fall. And all these things. It's, they did such an amazing job with the cast. Um, that I want to see them succeed with the rest of the cast as they bring them along. And that, so, that's so, so over under, which story finishes first, Final Fantasy VII Remake or Shenmue? <laughs> I say seven uh, Remake. Seven Remake, yeah. yeah. You really think so? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's your over under on the year it finishes? No, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say 2030. That's, that's optimistic. Ten years, ten years. <laughs> hey. Hey, Jay, yeah. not to put too fine a point on your metaphor that you used earlier, but really it's more like um, only watching the first act of a play and then mm-hmm. being charged for another ticket to see the second act. True. <laughs> I mean, that's also a valid uh, point. But at the same time, there are many games that have their stories in parts. True. So in a lot of ways, uh, I mean, I played, I put like 30 hours into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't feel like I got ripped off in the slightest. I thoroughly enjoyed what I played and saw, so that's fine by me. That's not the the point that I want to contend, but I, I know what you're saying, right? Um, <laughs> like in a, in some ways, like imagine like what people felt when they finished Halo Two, finished the oh, fight. Oh, I, <laughs> the end of Halo Two. Yeah, but Little at the same time, bullshit. Yeah, like that was a bad cliffhanger to kind of leave off the game, especially since oh. you know the last game was gonna take so long. But I didn't really feel that way about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, yeah, I get the point. Like, it's very different from the original game because it honestly has to be given the circumstances. But I didn't feel like, oh, this is stupid. 
You know what I mean? So I think that's a that's a decent place to put it. I'm very, very excited for the next parts of the game. I hope there's only going to be like two more parts instead of like four or five. Oh, no. Because no, Jesus no. Christ. Yeah, you know, need man. to see, see Vincent's side story in this mobile-only game. <laughs> it's only oh, available uh, in Japan, but it's the going... Fucker, Air, Air Guys 2 is coming. Oh, God. Air Guys 2. <laughs> God bless the rain, baby. Ooh. Yeah. All I want is them to reissue Crisis Core anywhere else, please. How about a uh, full remake of Crisis Core? Actually? I don't phone. want them to. I don't want to wait that long. Just put it <laughs> out anywhere. Yeah, Crisis oh, Core is great. Very, very underrated for sure for being a PSP game. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's kind of my my thoughts on the FF7 remake. I'm very excited. Um. Pleasantly surprised by what they did. I hope they kind of go in the same kind of direction, but do it do it faster. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, the other game that I want to highlight is a uh, is a game that I've been kind of trying to bring to a lot of people's attention because it left such a really great impression on me is uh, AI's the Samium Files, and this is a game made by the developers of the Zero Escape games, which is Nine 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 versus Last Reward, Zero Time Dilemma, um, one of my favorite visual novel series of all time for sure. I know, Drew. You played. Um, you played what? Nine nine nine. I'm not sure if you played any of the other games. Uh... Yes, I played. Um, I played nine 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 completely all the way through, and mm-hmm. played. Got the bad ending of Virtue's Last Reward, and yeah. played parts of Zero Time Dilemma. Uh, right. Those are fantastic games that I would love to go back to and get the full real endings to. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the, you know how good the the final true ending for nine 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 was. It's just as good for VLR as well. So definitely God, worth that, the time investment. The the freaking ending, the true ending, the nine nine. <laughs> your brain will melt after figuring out what the hell's actually going on. In now, game. I have a legit question to someone that never finished nine nine nine, but. That needs to go back and clearly do it. Uh, did they change the ending, or is it just the ending puzzle that changes between the DS and the? It's the Raven? it's the ending puzzle that changes. So the the story yeah. stays the same. Yeah, the story is yes. the same. I know the, the impact. The same. I know the impact of that puzzle changes a little bit. Like mm, apparently the original was a way better, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, the, the concept and the idea is still there. Uh, and it was just a brilliant move to use the DS as a, as a platform to kind of show that particular side of the story uh, in a very visual and dramatic way, which we, you can't really simulate with one screen. I wish they had like a mode where you could like use two screens, like your monitor or something like that. <laughs> that would have been brilliant, but uh, I don't think they have anything like that. But yeah, I mean, still, 999, the improvements that they made in the, re- uh, the remaster or the remake because it's basically done from scratch, uh, is, is well worthwhile, because it's fair to get fully voice acted from beginning to end, which adds a lot to the game. Uh, so, you know, story and the characters and all that stuff. And they also added the, the branching path that becomes available in the VLR, VLR and going forward, where you can kind of jump between the timelines really easily. So it just makes the, the playing aspect of it much smoother. So definitely yeah. play, the, uh, play, the, play the new one. Over the yeah, original, the, if you have the chance. The the bundle is called the Nonary Games. Yes, yes. And that is the one that I highly suggest. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So when this game first came out, I played about an hour or something. And then I liked what I played. I thought it was good. 
But at the same time, there were some other games coming out. I was busy with work and other things, which kind of took a backseat, and I didn't play for months. So maybe like, maybe like over half a year. But eventually, when this quarantine stuff started happening, I started getting back into the game, and I should never have stopped playing this game. This game has since become one of my new favorite visual novels game, alongside games like Danganronpa, uh, 999, uh, Gate, and uh, AI Somnium Files, just right there along with them. And the reason why this game is so good is because it kind of brings an older formula to the modern age in a really elegant way. First of all, it has full voice acting. Literally every single line that is spoken by a character or even, I think, even monologues and thoughts are voiced as well. So we're talking like a 25-hour game that's fully voice acted from beginning to end. And it tells a story about this detective who works at a, a, as a special detective, and he has access to this, I guess, highly confidential, very new technology, which allows the detectives and other special forces members to enter the dreams of another person in order to try to find evidence and find kind of clues about their wrongdoings as a criminal. And your current case is that there's a serial killer that seems to be going around killing people and gouging the uh, left eye of the, the victims. And you're trying to figure out who is doing this and why. And you're entering the the dream world of your witnesses and other people that might be culprits and trying to make sense of their dreams, which obviously is not going to be easy because dreams are never, never, you know, um, going to be straightforward. So you have to try to interpret elements within the dream. And it doesn't play out in a standard uh, visual novel formula either, because a lot of the times it's very, very interactive. You go into the dream world, you have this avatar that is your AI companion. And you have to direct her to do things to try to move along the dream world and try to see past the illusions and things that they don't want you to see. So you have a limited amount of time. I think it's like six or seven minutes or something. And every action that you take takes a certain amount of section, uh, t- uh, takes a certain amount of seconds. So doing an action might take 30 seconds, but you only have like six minutes within that dream world to accomplish your goal so you have to be really careful about what you do and because of the way the dream world works if you're actually standing still and not doing anything the time is going uh, at a very slow pace so you still have time to think about what you want to do next and as you're kind of trying to figure things out you get these modifiers that uh, allow you to cut down the time that you take for certain actions like you would get like a modifier like one fifth so if you take 30 seconds to do something now it takes six seconds instead. So you have to kind of like game the system in some ways by uh, doing activities or doing actions that give you these modifiers to try to do other things. It's very surreal. And at the same time, it's also very, very funny in a, in a really like irreverent kind of way. Kind of gives me Yakuza vibes to some degree. Because if you do play Yakuza, you know that the game could be the most serious, dark game in the world. And, the next and immediately, two seconds pages. later... Yeah. <laughs> Two seconds later, you're singing karaoke in your panties, uh, singing about the sea life. And it's, it's very irreverent and very funny and charming in a lot of ways. And it bounces back between the two very effortlessly. And uh, I love the character. The, the gameplay is, is exciting and fun. They even have these fun like QTE events for action scenes, which are just... 
just a joy to uh, joy to see because they're they're so stupid, but they're so funny at the same time. So like this is if I had to pick one game that I would recommend that anyone that has ever played any of these games or anyone that has listened to any of my recommendations, this would be the one for you guys to check out for sure. Because I think I have a feeling that I think this one will bring a lot of people that has not liked visual novels in the past because it has all these great uh, interactive elements to it. So that's kind of... Okay, but that's that. Yeah, Somnium Files, available, I think, on Switch and PS4 now, and as well as Steam. I think it's also on Steam as well. Yeah, it's, that's where I picked it up. There, nice. uh, PS4 and Steam as of today recording it. I know Steam will go on for a little bit longer. Um, have Is been it on sale, sale on Steam? Yeah, thirty bucks. Ooh, that's an thirty bucks. Price for that thirty game. bucks Canadian, so it's even probably less in the states. Nice, nice. Yeah, but uh, highly recommend it. Give that game a shot. But let's get to the topic at hand to, to the to the game that I came on to talk specifically about because it's been the point of controversy for a lot of people. Uh, the Last of Us Two, and I know uh, before I, before I start talking, I kind of want to get to where you guys left off. I don't want to go over your entire feelings, but where did you guys leave off, Anthony and Ken, when you talked about it last time? <laughs> where everybody was angry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'll just I I told Anthony this after the show last week. I was like, you know what? I think I'm just done talking about the game, but I I will talk about it here just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I f- I finished the game. I I felt like the writing. I felt like the writing was bad. I felt like it was a bad way to tell that story. Um, I think there was a better way to tell that story. I still think Naughty Dog gameplay is not great, and I know a lot of people will argue with me on this. And then, you know, I'll talk about it in a little bit. But I went back to Control to play the DLC there, and I'm like, okay. I'm not crazy. Control shooting feels wonderful. Naughty Dog shooting feels bad. And I and I get the argument like it's supposed to be realistic. It's supposed to less bullets, blah, 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 blah. Resident Evil feels better than Last of Us 2 as well. I also had huge issues with the melee combat. Uh, the character would swing at dead air, whereas the enemies would block and parry, even though they were fungus monsters for some of them. It's just... I think the pacing is bad. I felt every encounter felt very samey. I feel like that game is five to ten hours too long. But I can't argue the environments. I can't argue the visuals. I can't argue that the acting is superb, even if the writing doesn't match it. The accessibility. Accessibility is wonder. That is the best accessibility in a game. Period. Game is one. That thing is wonderful. What are we talking about in accessibility? The accessibility option, so the ability to um for people of of like that want to be that want to just experience it for the story, the people uh, that okay. may have like visual impairments yeah, I, or I hearing. Know, yeah, like they've they've said that this game can be played by blind people using the accessibility options, which oh. if if true is amazing. Well, the um, um there's a there's a Twitter user that that um I forget his tag, but he plays Mortal Kombat. Um, and he played through this. He finished this game, and he is he is blind, legally blind. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And yeah, like, it's impressive that they can put those is, features yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I like. That, I think that's how I finished off talking about them last week too. Is that they're like, despite the criticisms on the subjective parts, like objectively, this game looks amazing. Objectively, the they hire good actors, and like 
I praised this. I didn't like Uncharted 4, but I praised their accessibility there too, and they've only stepped up their game, which I would hope more people follow in that footsteps. Yep. I I hope it becomes as standard as the screenshot mode in games going forward. I like to see I like to see people lead by example. You know, there's been a lot of companies that'll make a, a feature that just becomes like a standard, like the screen like the screenshot mode. It became a standard in a bunch of first party Sony games, a lot of other games adopt it. I hope people take these accessibility options and adopt those into their games. Yeah. I, I that w- that's one point that I actually didn't consider, so that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, but uh, I will say that my purpose uh, to coming on was, you know, not uh, directly related to your you guys' negative response to The Last of Us 2. I'm not here to talk about it, that uh, Last of Us 2 is a perfect game that is a 10 out of 10. I don't I don't agree with that point either. But at the same time, I'm here to talk about the the people that are very eager to legitimize other people's opinions on said game saying, you know, oh, this guy gave it a perfect score. This guy is clearly stupid. This guy's clear, clearly not seeing, you know, all the flaws and just kind of uh, only interpreting things the way that he wants to. And the vice versa, the the people that don't like it or, well, people that like it but don't like it to that degree. And then also at the end of the spectrum, the people that absolutely hate it and think it's a, it's a, it's a piece of trash. And and the spectrum for this particular game, I think, runs the, you know, runs a gambit, you know, it's it's a very polarizing game for a lot of reasons. And I think one of the reasons why that is, is because I think people interpret games as something that needs to be, that is required to be fun to be enjoyable and um, i believe as as gaming has kind of expanded its uh, influence and done a lot of different things over the years i don't i don't think that's true it hasn't been true for many years i felt miserable playing the last of us 2 in the last few hours uh that last fight um i just wanted it to stop like i felt bad on the inside playing it and that can be interpreted into a lot of ways of the game's failure to give me enjoyment, entertainment, or you can kind of interpret it in a way where it's making me feel things that I normally wouldn't feel playing a video game. And the latter is generally what I would go with. I think um, there are certain games out there that have made me feel certain things um, that I, you know, I generally don't feel in my normal day-to-day life. I feel about that moment when I was playing Journey when I uh, just companion that I played that whole entire game through in one single sitting, the final moments of that snow, snowy mountain as we're going up, as I finally lost like track of my companion, like the emotions that I felt, it wasn't good, but it was it was profound. It was important. It it kind of it kind of led to me reflecting on what games could be as a delivery system for storytelling uh, and the kind of experiences that you could have. And I think The Last of Us Two is something along that line for me as well. And I'm not saying that it is done perfectly because I think it is not because I think the pacing in a lot of the sections and the way the story is told in fragmented branches could have been done better. It's it's kind of like a cross section of two different storylines coming together. And in between, there are all these flashbacks that happen. And they I feel like a lot of the times where they have these scenes, it could have just been left as a narrative thing. Uh, but they had feel they had the feeling that maybe they needed to add some combat encounters or some other element to it to try to keep the 
the player more engaged, and maybe maybe they're right. But I didn't, I personally didn't feel that way. I'm the kind of person that can sit through a two hour cutscene in a Metal Gear Solid game and have a, have a great time doing it, you know. <laughs> so like I'll I'll read an entire game called they're called visual novels. I'll do it as long as the story is good, and the story is good. The, the characters are compelling. I'm on board. I want to learn more about them and the world that they're in. And I believe that the developers didn't really trust that everyone had that feeling. And they're probably right, honestly. Maybe a lot of people, if they don't start shooting something after 20 minutes, they'll, they'll get a little itch and you know they, they'll start to feel like the game is bad or some reason. Or maybe they felt the need that the game had to be a certain level of length in order for it to be justifiable for the $60 price tag, which a lot of games do, and then they end up padding the game, which ends up losing a lot of the focus. I don't know. I don't know where that went, but uh, if they kind of paced the game out a little bit better, I think I would enjoy the story more. But I also don't fault the game in that regard. I might not have wanted the story to go the way the way it went, and I know for sure that a lot of people didn't want that <laughs> either. But at the same time, that's not that's not a fault of the game. That's this is their story. This is Ellie's story. This is Joel's story, and this is how it's gonna go. This is not you're not you're not playing as Shepard. This is not your adventure that you get to choose. You're on this journey with them, and you get to experience what they experience. And I think a lot of people kind of see that as not being the game that they want. And I think that's, I don't know, I think I think the expect, expectations there are kind of flawed in that way. Because, yes, there are certain games where you should expect to be able to have control over what your character does and the choices that they make, because you are the avatar. But this is clearly never has been the case for The Last of Us. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have... You don't have dialogue trees that branch up into different endings in any of these games, and it never was. So I don't, I don't really understand why that impression came in the first place. So on that regard, like the story, I think it could have been better. I don't think it's the best example of a revenge strategy I've ever seen. I think it mirrors a lot of the uh, the stories, telling points of uh, Hamlet a little too much in a lot of ways, which is kind of amusing to think about. But at the same time, there is no denying that uh, I was able to feel things playing this game that uh, I wasn't expecting. Um, kind of make me contemplate a lot about the subject matter, which I think is always great. And it's leading to some uh, dialogue, some of which is good. Not everyone is is talking about like, oh, lesbian's bad. I don't like games. Yeah. Yeah, I, those people I, I, I'll, I'll ignore. Those we, those people need to die in a fire. Like yeah, seriously, we, it's just it's awful. Let's Ken and I, the problem. Ken and I push back against that, and I, I'm a little bit more critical than Ken. Even I mean, Drew and I did a Phoenix down where we shit on Naughty Dog. Um, so uh, the the thing that you brought up that I've never thought about is that the gameplay portion might not be of necessarily their choosing, mm-hmm. which. I've never really questioned, but yeah, I could see how, like, in an attempt to appeal to more people, they kind of put in this sort of lackluster third-person shooter, in my opinion, uh, to make it feel more like a video game. My my issue with, with Naughty Dog, and, and they're not the only ones, they're just the biggest of the bunch, is that I don't feel there's visual novels, like, you know, they are categorized as their own thing. Um, so if you don't like visual novels at all, then, you know, 
it's easy to avoid them. And the, the problem is, is that this is a game that everybody talks about as a must-play. Uh, you know, they did the same with Dark Souls, which, again, also not a game I would say is for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I'd argue that Dark Souls is a video game. There is use of the medium of video games. And this is what I was trying to say. Now I'm going to try to say it with a fucking um, cider in me, which is questionable why I'm attempting this now. But I don't feel like anything Naughty Dog delivers as of late needs to be a video game. None of the emotion, I feel, is is delivered. Through, and, and none of the character moments. Yeah, there are parts where they deliver in interactive segments, don't get me wrong. But like when you get to the actual gameplay portion of it, why couldn't this just be a long movie or a TV series? Like None of this pushes forward the medium of video games. It just pushes forward Naughty Dog's own talent. Um, and people talk about this as, like, this is what video games should be. Well, no. Uh, not only is that a really poor statement on just video games in general, because I never want a puzzle game feeling like The Last of Us. That would be very odd. Um, it doesn't make sense to me because I don't feel like any part of this... I've criticized Kojima's storytelling a lot. That being said, if you're going to look at someone who pushes forward the medium of video games and attempts to do stuff different, the scene with Psychomantis reading your memory card, you don't get that anywhere else. That scene says something about the medium this is playing in. Um, uh, another game, uh, Eternal Darkness. You don't get those same feelings um, near, uh, near Automata. Like, those games decide to be those narrative-focused sort of experiences, uh, maybe so less so Eternal Darkness, but they also decide that they're going to take advantage of whatever everything video games has to offer. Um, and there are games that don't have that narrative experience, and that's totally fine. What I find odd about Naughty Dog is that they've moved so far away from the video games that they feel kind of, the, the actual game portion feels shoehorned. And they like nobody likes Nathan Drake because of his mass murders. Like it's all the cutscenes. So it's just to me their their whole business is a little odd to me. So when I hear The Last of Us Two is this great game experience, everybody talks about the story, but the video game sort of takes a back seat and I don't get it. Like I I, I actually just cannot comprehend and maybe you can explain to me, like I, I usually can tell me on a lot of stuff, Jay, but to me, it's like this. I could get these same feelings from watching a TV show. So, I get, I get what you're feeling because I've felt that before, where I felt like this would have been a better movie than it is a video game. There are certain games like that where the gameplay just doesn't fit the the narrative. Well, there's a whole narrative dissonance thing that people are aware of. But anyhow, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about either the gameplay just kind of gets in the way of the storytelling and kind of doesn't doesn't do the story itself justice. Where I felt that way a lot of ways for the original Nier. The, the original Nier, one of my most impactful games that I've ever played. But that gameplay did that game no favors whatsoever. Um, and it kind of bums me out because I would love to have uh, like recommended Nier to basically every single person. Because it does some really crazy things that no other game till that point had done. But at the same time, I have to preface it by saying like, well, but the gameplay isn't so great. <laughs> You know, and that can... yeah, he's, he he rolls like a brick. Um, yeah, I understand that. I, but I'm like, to that point, I would go that the game doesn't play well. 
which is detrimental. Mm-hmm. And that's a criticism on a sort of objective side of video games. But like when it comes to the narrative, I don't think you could have a movie roll credits mm-hmm. and then start up halfway through that's the movie I... again, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the part where I go, this is a thing that only works with video games because we expect like some sort of new game plus or whatever. And and, and I just you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I know I know what you mean, but at the same time I believe that also applies to The Last of Us 2 as well. First of all, let me just say that I don't I don't think the gameplay is bad. I I understand that it's it's stiffer. There there's a reason why those weapons have upgrades and once you get the stability it plays a lot better. So that's like one of the first things that I always get for all the weapons that I end up getting. Get the stability, make sure that the, the weaving of the crosshair that I actually have direct control over my guns. And you could argue that uh that should be how it is from the beginning. But I think that's a creative decision, and I understand it. The whole realism to it, like, if if everyone is just popping headshots, like, they're fucking, um... Who was that guy? Sam Fisher? In that, in that one game where he just pops heads like there's nobody's business? Yeah. You know what the, I'm talking uh, about, right? Like yeah. the, the target marks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's that's comical. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be this... I, I have, I, no, I don't want the game to be that, but I yeah. do want to be able to have some enjoyment in the parts that you're making me play. Yeah, and like and and this is this is not just an issue with The Last of Us. I, I don't feel like any of their games have felt really good. I really you... I really like playing the Uncharted 4 with the See, I, I liked and I liked I, Uncharted 4 as well. Um and well, I felt like the, the I don't know what it is. Like that game felt better to me than this uh-huh. one did. Oh, see, and I have the issue of I don't think Uncharted 4 played well at all. I, I did a whole segment stealth-based, and then you threw me into a gunfight, so it didn't matter. And then the gunplay, I wasn't really all that fun, and there's just a bunch of guys shooting at me, and I went, this is just kind of not great. Oh, I, I love the traversal in Uncharted 4. The traversal is fantastic, and when playing against a human opponent, where, you know, human flaws come into play, Awesome. But when playing against the AI and not choosing to put it to the, like where they literally walk into a wall, stupid, it's it, that's not fun for me. I'm not okay. playing on the hardest difficulty, but like I don't like you know the tracking. Yeah. Of well, I mean, that. neither was I. I always played these games in normal mode because yeah. you know, I don't particularly care for the challenge that these games have to provide for me. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the Last of Us, I, I don't, I don't think the the gameplay segments are bad. Like, in fact, I actually enjoyed a lot of the gameplay segments. Especially the the boss encounters in this game, I thought were really well handled. Um, I'm not going to talk about it, exactly which one, but I can be vague. Uh, the one in the hospital, holy shit, that thing! I think took me multiple tries, but I had a really good time, like experimenting with the things that I could do. It, it was fucking scary uh, to fight that thing, and also the other more iconic fight that I think a lot of people would remember um, at at a theater, and. Um, that was cool. That kind of like harkened back to like a Batman. Um, was it the uh, Batman, the city one, right? The one with the uh, Mister Freeze, where he constantly oh, changes yep. up his strategies depending on how you fight him and stuff like that. Yeah, yep, it kind of reminded city. me of that. Yeah, Arkham City. Uh, that's that's uh, that's a great boss fight, and it kind of reminded me of that in a lot of ways, which I thought was great. Um, so I think they improved upon the gameplay significantly since the original, and it's not—it's still not perfect. I think the AI companions, especially, still like rubbing faces against the enemy that clearly don't see them happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen even, regularly. I can't even hate the the 
like Naughty Dog for that, though. I feel like that's just games that's in general. Hard, man. Yeah, it's really hard to video do. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but anyhow, like I I think the gameplay was fine. That's that's not the point that I want to contend. And it kind of you know. But at the same time, the fact that you guys didn't like it that that's fine too. It just wasn't your cup of tea, and you didn't enjoy it. I personally did, and I know a lot of people other than myself also enjoy the combat and the exploration and all that stuff. And that's fine. That's that's, that's purely subjective. There are types of gameplays that we enjoy and we don't enjoy, and you don't happen to enjoy this. And that's okay. And 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 don't get me wrong. Like the, like I last week I probably didn't say it, but like Ken and I's opinions are completely subjective. I I have objective issues with that, but that doesn't that just means my subjective opinion is like pointing to this. There's objective goods with this game that pe- other people who enjoyed this game can point to as well. Um, you know, I I totally understand why people love The Last of Us. I think they paced parts of The Last of Us 2 in a way where people were not going to be happy. Um, and I I feel like they could have just put those in a... They could have done the same things in a different way and it, like made, you know, made it go down a little bit easier. Um, but uh, it, it isn't... This isn't just like... I don't hate these games. They're not the worst things ever. I just don't understand the 10s out of 10s that, that Naughty Dog consistently gets over and over and over again because every time I've tried to play one of these games I go this is just not this is not this doesn't push to work this genre forward at all even like you know if I looked I was looking back at my tens that I've given one is Resident Evil 2 uh I it sold me on a genre of video game so to me that is a biased review but I I it sold survival all, all, horror all, all reviews are biased Anthony. you're for sure but I'm just critiquing my own now um you know resident evil 2 remake sold me on a genre unravel 2 i think is the best uh version of like the cinematic puzzle platformer type of game and ukulele in the impossible layer i think pushes for not only excels at being a sort of 2d platformer but did things that push that genre forward in a way that I don't see how you can go back from that. Like, I feel like every other person has to learn from what they've done to really, you know, seem like they're stepping forward instead of just adding a couple new things. But Anthony, you're you're kind of working against your own point because you're talking about games that you gave a 10 to that a lot of people wouldn't agree and give 10 to. You know I what I mean? I understand that. I just, yeah. I don't, I, 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 to me, it's like when I see it, when I think of a 10, I feel like that's the, what's the next step. And, and, and first of all, we're, we're focusing too much on the scores. Scores are bullshit. You're, you're fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, let's, let's come to that conclusion. There, but I also think the twos and, and shit that people have been giving this game are a little, little absurd too. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. This game yeah, is not no. a two out of ten. This game is not a three or whatever the Metacritic is either. Like, no mm. Naughty Dog game has been a three. Well, people will do things for objectives of their own. I don't know, man. Like, maybe they truly felt that way, man. Maybe. I mean, I felt like. Remember that year when everyone was talking about how amazing. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition was, and I was talking about how disappointed I was. It ended up becoming my biggest disappointment of the year, and yeah. I went on a, on a rant for like an hour about how about the flaws of the game, and it was basically everyone going like, "Yeah, that's true," and yet they it was still their game of the year. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like I can point out all the flaws of something, but it still won't change the way that people feel about certain things. That's just the way it works. I've given nine point five to a game that's sitting on like a sixty average on Open Critic, <laughs> and uh, I would never ever changed my mind about that game because it made me feel things. It did things that I've never seen any other games do and executed them beautifully. That's why that game got such a high score for me. And when we talk about other people's review scores, we have to remember, A, review scores are stupid and only really exist to perpetuate the gaming industry as the status quo of what it is currently, which is fine. I get it. We're, we're part of the cogs in the machine. It's okay. That's just the nature of doing business. And B, people are going to feel differently about something else. So don't focus on the fucking score. Focus on the context of the review. If they justify why they felt this way, if they had an experience unlike anything else before, if they loved the combat and the gameplay elements, if they felt the pacing was perfect by their own standards, and if they justify their feelings in such a way, their score is justified. They, there's nothing, there's no other conversation about this. It's the people that go on their user reviews and put in that <laughs> one out of zero star one hour after the game comes out. Those are the people's scores you need to look at and say, well, that doesn't count because it doesn't. Okay. That's, That's if, if people are actually going to go through the game and review it, properly justify their reasoning and logic, their opinion matters. Your opinion matters, and that's just how it is. And you're just going to have to live with that. I mean, I would never give a lot of the games that people have given tend to uh, even even anything close to that, and that doesn't bother me in the slightest. It just kind of interests me, and that's kind of the, kind of the reason why I end up reading the reviews. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why we have to talk about reviews and people's opinions about this about games so many times like we had a similar conversation about resident evil 3 remake about the worth of games like length versus the price point and all these other things but i think we're just thinking too much you know it's, yeah. it's, it's really simple that is it's fair really that is fair and i wish you were here last week to be like you're thinking too much it would have shut me up probably <laughs> 20 minutes earlier and would have done everybody a favor um <laughs> You know, it's just, I think the, I think that's most curious about this whole scenario, and it happens every time it's happened with God, Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn. Those are the two big ones. I hey, Ryan's the only here. person that doesn't like Breath of the Wild in the world. That's a, no, no, that's no. Okay. Uh, I am it's a terrible game. It's, it's just an like, awful game. <laughs> it's the, um, it's just the people that get upset when you, you, you don't even necessarily give it like, you don't even like bash on the game to the point where this is the worst piece of crap ever. Where I could understand if you like the game, you take a bit of offense to that because it implies that maybe you're, you know, dumb or something. But when you go, yeah, it's a fine game, but I don't think I see what everybody else sees. And then they get angry and they go, how dare you hold that? Like, like, how do you hold that opinion? Like what? I hold that opinion because I played through the game and that's how I felt. And like, I saw that somebody, and I don't give a shit, I'll call them out, tweeted at Ken and said, how can you give Last of Us 2 a 7.5, but Saints Row 3rd Remastered an 8? Well, Saints Row Remastered is a game where you can run around and beat guys to death with a dildo baseball bat. <laughs> and The Last of Us 2 is trying to make you think about serious issues. So, 
one failing and one succeeding, they're, you know, competing for different things. You know, a good baseball player doesn't play basketball well necessarily. Like that's not how this works. Like you can't compare two things in the same general field that are going for different aspects. So like, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. The review scores I shouldn't have brought up, but it's just, it's odd. It's to me, it's just odd to see this big of a, like, and this amount of strife uh, for opinions. the simple answer to that is that people, most people, are very stupid. They they don't know what they're talking about. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> mince words here. Uh, there. When I when I read the some of the comments that I saw for Ken's review, Ken's review, by the way, well written, well you know, well well argued for the point for the for the score that he gave. I understood everything he said, and I agree with most of the things that he said as well. And I disagree with something, but I'm not going to say like, well, because I disagree with this opinion, this this score is invalid. That's that's not true. But when I read the comments on his his uh his review, all they ever bring up are either the score or the pros and cons. They never talk about anything within the context of the review. It's almost like they didn't read the review at all. It's exactly. almost like that. Oh my I, goodness, could that possibly I, be that they I, didn't I, even read I, the review? They, they every word. What are you talking about? Oh man, I mean, they probably read it like three or four times to bring together a valid opinion and and bring you know, <laughs> a, a formulate an argument uh, about why this person's opinion, well argued opinion, doesn't matter. But I mean, surely, right? Uh, otherwise, why would they would spend the time to write a full sentence, you know, I mean, about something? I mean, it was kind of a sentence. Yeah, yeah. I, so <laughs> sometimes you know, it I and, will, I will defend one, one point against us though the people that said that like i had to tune out i should have listened to you first of all i told you second of all you're right it was going to be bad it was just me and ken what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) all right we gotta we gotta move on yeah yeah but Um, let me say let me say one thing i'm I'm not saying everyone that replies and critics other people's reviews is stupid that's not that's not that's not what i'm saying so don't don't add me for that. Well, what I'm saying is that if you're going to go into a discussion, do so as a reasonable human being and know that the person that also formulated that opinion is also a reasonable human being and everything will be fine. That's and your hate perfect. can be directed at Drew Leachman. That's Jason. <laughs> That's true. I would I would absolutely love for people to hate on me because I'll tell you this. I have no horse in this race because – I played The Last of Us. We did it on Phoenix Down. I don't like The Last of Us. I think it plays very badly. It's not fun. That's what matters to me. That's at Drew Leachman on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So he'll, I will he'll, never he'll play. accept you. I will never play The Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> because I didn't like The Last of Us. And it's not because I'm just a hater. It's because I genuinely disliked how that game played. Uh, it's not fun <laughs> to me. How about that? Let's say it this way. Oh, it's not fun. I didn't mean to start you but, but No, no, no. no. I, you, you're not. My thing is, is that it gets on my nerves, and I'll go ahead and just say it. If Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog could take a shit in a bag and release it, and you'll get tens out of tens. And one person says, hey, that's just a piece of shit in a bag. And they'll be like, well, you're just a fucking hater. And I'm just like, no. I mean, look, 
I think it's a piece of shit. You may think it's not, but that's, that's okay. That's, that's kind of extreme, Drew, but I, I understand your frustration. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Okay? Drew, as my, long my as thing, you... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Rabid fanboys for anything need to stop. Is there problems with Overwatch? Sure. But I will fight you to the death if you say it's a bad game. Okay. So, All right. All right. <laughs> that took a turn I didn't expect. Thank you. Thank you for joke. that, Drew. But yeah, that's it. That's 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 all all she wrote. I think that's the last that we're going to be talking about the Last of Us two for a long time. And thank goodness for that. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think we're going to have any more conversations about this game. Mm-hmm. I will please follow me. Please follow me <laughs> and send any comments to at Drew Leachman. Shoot him a shoot him a tweet. He'll be happy shoot to. He was cooler, yeah. but he was at DML Fury, by the way. But you know, I'm just saying. yeah. Unfortunately, it's, uh, Twitter. Twitter found out I didn't like The Last of Us, and they turned off my account. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's against the TOS. You didn't know that. Yep. Everybody right. knows my stance. I think Naughty Dog makes fine games. I don't like them. The end. That should be the review. That should be our reviews round. Just one sentence. Think that would fly? Don't, don't tempt me. Don't right. tempt me. Alright, uh, I'll wrap this up. So, I played quite a bit of stuff this week. Um, I did realize that they were doing another one of those insider programs for a game on Xbox called Hotshot Racing. And if you do not know anything about this game, you should put it on your radar now. It is built by Sumo Digital, and it reminds me of something that Sega would have built back in the Saturn slash Dreamcast days. It is a polygonal arcade racing game with a lot of goofy characters, really colorful visuals. Uh it remind like the playing playing it reminds me of Ridge Racer, which has been a long time since I've been able to utter those words. And I'm speaking of Ridge Racer from, you know, the early PS1 days. Ridge Racer. There you go. Uh so if you if you don't know anything about this game, check it out. Um it kind of just jumped on my radar this weekend. I think it was really cool and if you are an Xbox Insider, you can download the demo. All you got to do is go in there and sign up for it, and it's pretty full fledged. I couldn't, I would not be shocked if this game releases within the next thirty days. It's a pretty extensive demo. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say that it's back. The ID at Xbox. Um, I used to be on that list that would uh, send codes for all the. I'm awesome. back on it. Yay! So Sometimes I played. Codes end up in my hands. I <laughs> I played everything that came out this week, and I'm gonna run through them. Uh, the first one I checked out was Night Call, which is a story-driven cab driver game. Yeah, like you yeah. you ch- you choose a mystery to investigate, then you drive around, ask questions, solve mysteries. It's a it's an interesting game. Yeah, is that, I thought that was on my Steam list. Though. Now, it's on Game I... Pass too, by the way. Oh well, then I won't be buying it. <laughs> yep, it's on Game Pass, so you can play it. Uh, another game that's on Game Pass that I checked out this week, which I think is really cool, is called Observation. Oh yeah, that I game... play that game. That game's I... been out for a while on PC and PS4, correct? I played that mm-hmm. whole game. Yeah, it's neat. I feel like that game ends too soon. Okay, I'm only about like 30 minutes into it, uh, but I really like the idea of you playing the computer AI helping somebody in a ship. What's what I found really interesting is that characters actually moving through that environment in real time, so you could follow with the cameras. Yeah, in real yeah. time, 
there, that game is really well made. And definitely an interesting idea, and I do think people should play it. I think it's one of those games, though, that I suggest picking up on sale rather than full price. Well, it's on, even if it's, it's on Game Pass. So play it there. Play it on Game Pass. That game is very well done. I just didn't think the ending was as impactful as I thought it was going to be. Um, but the concepts in that game are fantastic. All right. The next game that I played, I beat in one sitting. And I absolutely love it. And I think if you if you like horizontal shooters, you should check this game out. It's called Octonaut. I think it's only like $6 or something like that. You basically play as an octopus uh, in a horizontal shooter. You go left to right and you can shoot different... So you'll collect these items that give you different shooting. So one of them's like a bowling ball. One of them is like a boomerang. And the character's voice reminds me of... I'm, I'm digging way back into the Wayback Machine. He reminds me of Jumping Flash. Whenever he picks up something. Um, it's a very colorful game. One of the neat mechanics of it is that you can you can pull the left trigger and shrink your character, which will make you invincible. It gives you like a couple invincibility frames. Um, and for achievement hunters, you can get all 1,000 points in less than an hour. I think there's nine levels with nine bosses, and you just play through it, and you'll you'll most likely get all the achievements. But I had a lot of fun with that game. It's like six dollars. Next game I played is not for me. Um, it is a visual novel. Go on. Um, it's called A Summer with the Shiba Inu. What? Oh, no. it's, it's, it's a visual novel where everybody is a dog with clothes on. Uh, and the graphics look like oh, it was yeah. Photoshop. Yeah, that game. Oh yeah, yeah I've seen this on. Steam so what? Before. What compelled you to check this game out of all things, Ken? Well, this is part of the idea. Today. So they send me the code for every indie game uh, that releases on Xbox. So I download them, I play them, and I talk about them on the show. So that's why uh, I played this game. I think I played for like twenty minutes and then I uninstalled. I mean, I gotta hand it to them. It's kind of genius to use like real dog pictures that you steal from the internet because there's no copyright on most of these, right? Yep, yep. So, like, I mean, what are you going to do? It's like, hey, that you, you took you took a picture of my dog. Can you really prove it? Like, one Shiba Inu dog to another, like, in the court of law, is that the identical dog? I don't know, man. Yeah, I but think... had, a, had, a, had a full boyfriend did it first. <laughs> okay, so, I will mention this. This made me laugh. So, in the opening sequence, you have these two dogs talking to each other, and in the background, a static image of a dog just keeps going by. <laughs> like, he's just walking through the conversation. Like, he does no animation. He just... <laughs> There's no, like, walk animation. just kind of an image, like, JPEG floating by. It is a JPEG for every motion. There's no animation in this game whatsoever. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's something. Uh, I, I finally played Yes, Your Grace. That is a super interesting game. Basically, you sit on a throne and answer people's requests. Um, the game very much warns you up front, like, hey, you can't make everybody happy. So you need to make sure that uh, you make your decisions wisely, because what you do will affect other things. Um, it's a very interesting game. I think I need to play more of it, but... Just kind of like an an opening piece of it, I find it very interesting. That sounds like um, uh, Reigns. I don't think I ever played that. 
This is okay. not a Reigns is a Reigns is almost like a very uh, easy version of this. This is um, more of like almost like a real time strategy where you don't see anything. Okay. Reigns, you just so so Reigns for anybody that knows or doesn't know is um it's like a card game where you make decisions by swiping left or right. Okay. Um, yeah. So like all your decisions are yes or no. Um, it, it's not as involved, but it still has the same sort of feel. Yeah, yeah. This one's a lot more involved with like they they give you the full like dialogue tree kind of stuff. So, and the last game that I played that came out on Xbox finally is the Messenger. That game still fucking slaps. I'm gonna use that word this week because that was like the word the word of the week, right? Hello, fellow kids. Tell us more about your slang. <laughs> I heard like 15 different people say something slaps this week. So for me, the messenger is what slaps. That game is still fucking so cool. good. I, I so think good. I think slaps is used exclusively for music, isn't it? I've yes. seen it used for other things, so don't know. The Not internet just enough. adopts acronyms and words, and they mm-hmm. use them for whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I mean, slaps makes sense for context of music. Uh, but uh, uh, sure, okay. Hey, the music in the messenger slaps. How's that? Is that okay. better? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So, and also the messengers on Game Pass. So, yeah, if you haven't played that game already, play it. This is my second time through that game, and I forgot how good it was. Like it's been, I think it's been two years. I played through on the Switch, so it's been about two years since I played through it. I I complained for months, for years. This thing to come to X. It's on Xbox now. Go play it. And that's it. I'll be back next week with more indie games. Nice. I also played... <laughs> anyway, what's out this week? You also played what? Nothing. Oh. Yeah. I, I heard something, but I, I couldn't yeah, you know, make you know, it out. Up there, huh? I, didn't say, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you're, nope. you're damn right you didn't say anything. You did Don't a good worry. job. No Thank one you. listens to the podcast. Listen to it backwards. You'll, you'll get it. There you go. Perfect. On Tuesday. Yep. Blaster Master Zero, Blaster Master Zero Two, Blaster Master Zero Two, kind of raising simulator. Those are all physical versions of those coming out this week. The Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack is making its way over to PS4. Nice. Hunting Simulator Two, more simulator hunting. Uh, the dungeon. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. The Dungeon of Nahobak, Amulet of Chaos. Perfect. I can't say that word. Nailed it. Nah, Hasselback. We'll call it the Dungeon of Hasselback. Sure. Dungeon of Hasselback. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh shit! J- Jay and I were thinking the same thing. Yep. That's because you guys think about Hasselhoff. I mean, right. don't you? Yeah. What the Have fuck you wrong? heard yeah. Nightwalker? No. No. Speaking of Hasselhoff, I could really go for a burger right now. Oh, we're going to start this already? Wow. God. Welcome back to 2004. Oh, that's a great pull. That's a great pull, Jay. Wonderful 101 Remastered. Did anyone assuming... play that game, by the way? No. Damn, I want to play it. I didn't you know, like I've it on the it. Wii U. I've, and I've heard it's not been doing great. No, sucks. It doesn't shock me. I mean, that was a very niche game when it came out. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they sold... They did very well on their Kickstarter, and I think that's kind of their audience there. Um, but I hope it doesn't stop them from producing their own games. That's my only worry, is that they don't take the risks and just kind of do their shovelware stuff, like term, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and 
Transformers was better, but you know what Transformers I mean. Transformers was a good video game. But you know what I mean. Like the the stu- the the four higher stuff is where I don't think they do as well as like Bayonetta or even Near, which was a better game. Well, it's so. because those games actually take time to make, whereas this other stuff they just kind of shit it out. So. That's that was my point, but I'm a little drunk, so that's all right. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons first expansion, Jungle Awakens drops this week. Oh yeah, that game came out. Did you play it, Ken? I know it I was uh, Xbox. Yeah, I reviewed it. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Huh? I mean, what is it like twenty dollars? It's totally worth twenty dollars. It's like a baby's first Diablo. So it, it is a Diablo pass. killer, then, right? It's on Game Pass, yes. And what was your question, Jay? Diablo killer, right? The <laughs> Diablo obsolete, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. That, that hasn't happened yet. And Diablo three came out when? Yeah. <laughs> I keep but, hearing about its killer, but, but nobody but tor- ever seems to. But, but, but Torchlight Three is it's um. I haven't played. It. I haven't played Torchlight Three. I've only heard. Anything. I've only heard bad things. Uh debatable. But the biggest release of the week, I guess, is Marvel's Iron Man VR. Played the demo for that. The demo was good. Nice. I'm sure it's. I don't, I don't tell us about that demo because I don't think you would have been that it came out. Yeah, actually, actually, I think I did talk about it. The perception of it was it was neat and there's some cool things in it, but um, I don't feel like it did a very good job of making you. It wasn't as immersive um, as some of its. Um, it, it it was very much um, so. I'll, as silly as it sounds, I'll compare it to everybody's golf. Um, it's very easy playing everybody's golf in VR to kind of um, lose yourself in the immersion and feel like you're kind of there, even though it's you're still aware you're wearing a headset, but it, it feels more like you're there. Iron Man VR, I was keenly aware of the fact that I was playing a VR game. Hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to describe. It just didn't, didn't have the same um, level of, oh my gosh, it's like I'm actually Iron Man. Do, do you but, think it has anything to do with uh, it's much easier to imagine yourself golfing than being Iron Man? Maybe, I know, but I, no, I think it's it's more about the visual the, the vis, visual that. presentation of it. Um, I, I felt like um, so like even when you're wearing the Iron Man helmet, when it shows you like when it shows you kind of put the helmet on, quote unquote, um, it feels like it's too far away. Um. And uh, I don't know, it's just like there's a there's a part where uh, in the demo where you're supposed to be falling out of an airplane and it very much feels like you're moving forward rather than falling down. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's it was strange. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, Also out this week, we've got the Otterman Empire. That's clever. That's clever. (laughs) That's clever. Uh, and Alphadia Genesis. Don't look it up. It's another Kimco RPG. I think that's like their 60th thank you. one. Thank, yeah, thank you for saving me that search. <laughs> Kimco RPG? Kimco released like a they new... license a bunch of RPG maker games, but they seem to have zero quality control. Uh, okay, fair enough. So it's just like everything kind of looks the same. And it's disappointing because, like, there are some quality RPG maker games out there. But because Kemco does so much, it's hard to know if these are any these are worth anything or not. 
There's a ton of them. Like, and what's funny is they come to Xbox first, which is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever instead seen. Of, instead of instead of PC, really? Yeah, like they they, they well they well they when they when they release on Xbox, they're play anywhere, so they're on PC and Xbox. Uh, but okay. like, I see like some of these games hitting PS4 like six months later. I'm like, this seems backwards. <laughs> it doesn't Maybe seem the like last, the right way. The last great Kimco game was Rescue the Embassy Mission on the NES. Oh my god, you're going. Uh, Nintendo Switch, you're getting your new Smash Brothers character. Oh, yeah, that's uh, coming up soon, right? Min Min! This week! Yep. Min Min is tomorrow. Nice. She looks fun. And I just I don't think ARMS was that great. I, I haven't bought the second season. I thought ARMS was okay. <sighs> Let's see. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't bought the second season P- DLC it, for Smash Let me put it this way. It was, a, it was a fun couch co-op. My son lost interest in it like after 10 minutes. Like yeah, we, we played like two matches and yeah, he's just like, I just, nah. I'm like, but we're punching each other in the face. He's like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't get into it either. Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, making its way over to Switch. Skullgirls, second Encore. Nice. Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3, uh, extracurricular, yeah. what's the extracurricular edition? That's what yep. it's called. They could have just called it limited edition or special edition, but they, they had to bring the school flavor into it, well, I guess. You know, I mean, you could be like THQ and just make everything re, mm-hmm. rehydrated, re-reckoning, you know, whatever. Uh, the Story Tale, whatever that is. My Bewitching Perfume. That's a Switch game out this week, just in case you were wondering. Biped, Caretaker, Infliction, Extended Cut, Keen, One Girl Army, Full Slide Story. That's that's clever, too. I like that one. Uh, Torgy S, Ghost Grab 3000. <laughs> This dude, the Switch is a fucking nightmare. I want to say Ghost Grab is by a guy whose game I've talked about on the podcast before. Give me a second. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Matt Glanville. Yeah, Matt Glanville. He had a game I talked about previously. He's, his is actually pretty quality stuff. So. I know, but it's like you read through the Switch releases and you're just like, most yeah, of it looks bad on a, on, in a grand scheme of things, I understand. I just want to say, like, he does he does good video games. They're uh, short, in, but yeah. Infini? Infini? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some reason singled out. <laughs> is that like based on that old MTV? No, singled out is actually so Matt Glanville's putting it on the Switch as well. That's the game I, ta- I played by him oh. before. So it doesn't have Jenny McCarthy and no. What's the other dude? I think name? you may have even made that joke when I talked about it. No. <laughs> on the previous episode, <laughs> it's um, it's like a quick draw game where it's like they have all these faces on the screen. You have to quickly shoot the one that fits all the. Uh, oh yeah, remember, kind of like guess who? Yeah, but it's like they pop like four faces on, and it's like you have to find the one with this mouth, this nose, and this hat, and then you have to shoot that one only, and then moves on to the next round. Plays it's pretty good. VR game like that. Oh really? Okay. This yeah, it's they're like they're pretty inexpensive games, so like you know the, for what they are, and they're all these really cartoony, and they they look nice, and they make some good stuff. So. Yeah, there's a there's a PSVR game like that in uh, the. Uh, Playroom VR. Oh, is there? Okay, we'll have to. I, I think I have that. So yeah, definitely it's check like that a out. Cowboy, cowboy game where 
you play it two players. The person with the headset on can't see who they're supposed to be shooting. Um, okay. And a, per, a person without the headset oh, watches yeah. the TV and it shows you, it tells you who, and they, you have to describe it to the person wearing the headset. That's oh, awesome. That's pretty cool. Yep. It's fun. Uh, you want to know what your free games are this month for Xbox? We got those for you, baby. This month you get WRC 8 FIA World Championship, World Rally Championship. Sorry. I had to get the whole title in there. Uh, Saints Row 2. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, Dunk Lords. You know, I laughed when I saw this, but I watched the trailer for it. It kind of looks like NBA Jam, and for free, I'm all about that. And then finally, Juju. Not Tack in the power of Juju, just Juju. I don't know anything about Juju. Is it is it good Juju or bad Juju? I mean, it could be either. Who cares? The Last of Us 2 has sold 4 million copies in the first three days, setting a new franchise record, and is now the best-selling Sony game, I believe, for the PS4 generation. Like yeah. in the opening week. That's yeah, impressive, Ken, since you think it's the worst game of all time. I mean, 4 million true. people are clearly wrong. True, true. <laughs> the best-selling single of all time, I think, is still out in John's Candle in the Wind, so... Who? Just because... What? It seemed to me... Yeah. And it's and and it's not the original version of Candle. Of course, you know who it is. Of course, you know who it is. <laughs> like Candle in the Wind. Um, Animal Crossing is getting a new update this week. You can swim. Nice. Yep. You put on and a dive suit. Stuff. Yep. Uh, da, 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 da. what else is going on this week? Uh, Microsoft's event is happening in July. We still don't know when it's happening in July, but it's happening in July. There's a few leaked details about the Project Scarlet, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, Xbox Series S, who cares? Um, apparently it's going to contain the same CPU as the Series X, but it will not have the same GPU. So it will be a less powerful machine probably coming in at a much lower price. If I can play those games, I don't give a shit at this point. I This generation is weird. It's fucking July <laughs> on Tuesday, and we don't have a price. It's a good old Mexican standoff between Sony <laughs> and Microsoft, and Switch is in the corner just sucking its own dumb. <laughs> if Nintendo gets enough Switches out this fall, they're yeah. going to sell so many fucking systems. Yeah, their their problem hasn't been that it's not selling. It's more of the they haven't been able to get out enough system to stores. They've been yeah. selling out constantly everywhere. Yeah, I can't get one. I've wanted to pick one up, but I can only get the Switch Lite. Oh, you gotta you gotta kind of keep your uh you, you gotta have some alerts on for certain stores, and then you should be able to get one now. Well, a month ago it was much more difficult. Now it's much more practical. Uh, also, this has gone back and forth, but two Twitter accounts popped up this year, one for Fable, one for Perfect Dark, so people are assuming those are going to be games announced at Microsoft's July Showcase. The, the real question is, does does that excite you guys? Perfect Dark excites me. Fable, uh, I I will be interested in it. I enjoyed that series, but it's not like a holy shit, I, I, you know, I'm losing my mind. Do, do you think they'll go with the single-player focus fable in mind, or are they going to go with that multiplayer thing that kind of never happened? No, I never, think, never I think if, 
Yeah, I think if Microsoft is smart, they're going to cop- copy Sony's idea of making like these big sprawling single-player games. Mm-hmm. I truly think Hellblade 2 is going to be like mountains larger than that first game and more like developed. I think that's going to be one of their tent poles. Obviously, Halo Infinite. I think if Fable is a straight-up like massive single-player RPG, I think that's going to be huge for them. And so, if it's made by uh, Playground, who's supposed I mean, to that's been the rumor for like 10 years now, right? Yeah, so, I mean, they do quality work. It's not like they I, haven't made huge areas before. It's a game that I would... So here's the thing. Anything Microsoft announced first party, it's fucking free for me because I have Game Pass. That too. So I'm going to play it, and if it sucks, oh well. It's like Sea of Thieves I didn't get into, State of Decay 2 I didn't get into. That's fine. But if... But if Perfect Dark is following like the original Perfect Dark and not the mediocre Perfect Dark Zero, goddamn right I'm excited. Oh yeah, that, game, that original game is so weird and <laughs> awesome, and all the weapons and fuck. I I'm sorry, everybody always goes back to Goldeneye, and I'm like, no, Perfect Dark took that and and made it so much better. Yeah, Perfect Bring Dark back. definitely had better weapons than Goldeneye. It's not even the contest. Laptop gun. Mm-hmm. Bring back Elvis. Elvis was great. That when you hit that moment when you like meet Elvis for the first time, or even the uh, the uh, doctor that's the floating laptop, basically, like just the moments in that game are so well done for an N sixty four game. Ugh. The game is be- it's uh, it's also been upgraded to four K on Xbox One if you have the arcade version. I have said I'm my- that's same as. Sorry. I have said my piece on the future of Perfect Dark before, so I don't want to start a big fight. So what about the leak for the new uh, Two Human game that they uh, put out? Oh, I'm super excited. I'd uh, love Dennis. it. It's called Three Human. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. Oh, are the threes, are, are the E's in Three Human threes? Or are they, is the, two, is the T in Three a two? Uh, it's, it's both, be spelled, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, Shadow Man's second coming has the worst subtitle ever. It is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Uh, there's a new Metal Slug game, game coming. Oh, nice. Like a brand new one, not a remaster or a remake or nothing? It's a new game. Okay, cool. Only coming to the phone. Uh, oh, uh... Oh, I love, I love disappointing you. <laughs> that is awesome. Ah. It's being developed by the Pokemon Unite studio. Oh God, what a what a travesty that Pokemon Unite took, and I think it's got the most negative thumbs down of any mm-hmm. Nintendo video of all time. I don't even know what that is. I it's truthfully, a, I didn't either. It's a Pokemon MOBA. Oh, like, oh, 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 never mind. I do know. I do know. Never mind. I know. Oh, oh boy. Uh, Square Enix has announced that they're going to announce uh, their. They've announced an announcement that the games they were going to show off at E3 are now going to be singled out over the next couple months between July and August. So. Okay. I bet. <laughs> here we go. You want to bet? Final Fantasy VII remake. Special edition for PC and Xbox One launching in January. You know it's coming. Uh, is January does it, no? Because January wouldn't be a year, right? It would be. Is it, it March? It would, no, I want to say it's April, late April. 
was it really that not yeah. long ago? Like the, the pandemic has thrown my time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was April. Um, Holy shit, it felt like it was like January or February. No, it definitely wasn't that because we were <laughs> locked down and I couldn't get my copy. Um, wow. Holy cow. Wait a second. Uh, while you're looking that up, Focus Home Interactive has acquired the Surge 2 developer. Uh, okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but at the same time, I they weren't doing anything with Bandai Namco, so sure. Because um, they did, uh, what is it, uh, Shadows of the Damned? No. No, what are you talking about? The Surge what? 2 is the guys that made um, Lords of the Fallen? Lords of the Fallen, thank you. I knew I couldn't remember what name. By the way, it's April tenth. Oh my god! So it'd be April that Final Fantasy Seven remake, remake barely came out two months ago. Yeah. Oh my god! No, that game was last year. Stop. No. Nope. Let it cook. God bless this. Oh. Um. You don't fuck me up. I don't. Um, I don't know if there's any other new. I'm scrolling through this. This is why I need a new news site. Uh, the Netflix Netflix dropped a Cuphead show behind the scenes video and trailer. That looks pretty cool. It looks the pretty good. There's the announcement of that uh, cyberpunk anime. Yeah, that's in 2022. Yeah. Also, uh, hey, it was an announcement. It was news. All right. Yeah, we also had the new trailer for cyberpunk. We did. Which I'm done watching trailers for that game. Just let me play that game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looks yeah I haven't awesome. I haven't watched it either. I, I don't I don't I don't need to see any more to know that I'm going to be playing on day one. So. Yeah, like I watched like a couple seconds of that new trailer and I was like, God, damn, this game looks good. Yeah, I'm still. It's it's still hilarious to me that they can't post anything without people complaining that it's not in third person. It's like it's like when um, Ed Boon tries to post anything, even if it's not Mortal Kombat related, and people ask for Melina. Yeah, the same thing's happening to Cyberpunk. They yeah, can't the post anything without people talk, complaining that it's not in third person. The the Melina joke is hilarious because he plays into it. Yeah, like the most recent one was the friendship with Katana, and Melina comes out and does the the high five yeah. thing. Yeah. He's like, "Look, we put her in the game." <laughs> What's with the obsession with the third person? You think, Ryan? Like, I I don't know. I think because their other games have been third person, um, and people are like, "Well, why do you even bother putting all this, um, uh, all these uh, customization options in if I can't even see my character and stuff like that?" By the way, um, there's a new game coming out to the Wii and the Wii U. Thought you might want to know that. Is it another Just Dance game? No. What is it? Um, oh god, it's the guy that did uh, Retro City Rampage. Hawaii Shakedown Hawaii. Uh, also hilarious. That game is not on Xbox, but he's gonna port it to the Wii and the Wii U. I might pick up that Wii U copy just to be weird. Interesting decision. Yeah, I didn't quite get it. He, I think he also he, ported it to like what um. Some really shitty OS, didn't he? No, no, no. That was the Retro City Rampage got ported to DOS. Yeah, and it's that game's not on Xbox either, is it? Yeah, I don't think so. You would know better than I. 
It's just hilarious that like these people are like, I want to put this game on a console that well, nobody well, is gonna buy. Well, originally, he was a Nintendo guy, had issues getting it on Nintendo, fought really hard, did it, and then for some reason came around and started putting stuff on Sony consoles first. Um, I mean, I get, I get putting it on these consoles that it's gonna sell on. Like everybody should put their shit on Switch right now because Switch is hot and it's not always gonna be hot. Yeah, I get that. Put it on PS4, biggest install base. Let's put it on the Wii and the yeah. Wii U before you put it on a current. Co- okay. I think it's a more to say you did. I mean, like I think Retro City Rampage is one of the widest releases because uh, it's on PSP and Vita. Like th- that's crazy. All right, I have a we- PSP yeah, I'm sure, has, I'm sure he has a purpose and reason for it. We just don't understand it. Fine. All right, here's a weird one. Ready for a weird one? Xenoblade Chronicles is coming to Tetris 99. Oh yeah, as a as an event thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Neat. Interesting. So it, it's kind of funny. I saw somebody tweet this the other day, and it totally expressed my emotion. Like Sony and Microsoft are fighting for like, here comes the next gen. Here are all these new games. These third party companies like, man, it's E3. Look at all these new games. Nintendo's like, here's a fucking jump rope, jump rope simulator. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, Nintendo. Like, I know Nintendo announced a bunch of new Pokemon stuff. I get that. Nintendo announced uh, Paper Mario. I'm like, where's my Metroid? Where's my Bayonetta? Where's my Mario 35th anniversary shit that was supposed to be at E3? That's where's true. the shit I care about? I guess I guess they're doing their bigger announcements later. I know the, the Metroid thing had to kind of be done from scratch again. So I'm not expecting that for another, like, three or four or five years, maybe. But I want more Breath of the Wild too. Like they showed a teaser for that, where let, let us see some more stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, but think about like if that Mario stuff was true. You remember the Mario rumors about remaking all those '64 and Sunshine and Galaxy. Like, it's the 35th anniversary. I thought that's what. Where's it at? Like, where's my where's my N64 games on Switch Online? Where's hey, new Super right. Nintendo you know games? You know, you know, you know where those are. Know where all those are? Yeah, they're up my right ass. next. Yeah, oh, I wasn't <laughs> gonna say that. I was gonna say they're right next to the Metroid Prime trilogy and Mother Three and. Yeah. Well, the thing about Nintendo is that they're they're doing really really well for themselves. So I don't feel like, or maybe they don't feel that they need to like start making moves or start making any big moves. But I'm sure it's it's there. Like I'm not too concerned about Nintendo because I I've learned to become patient with them. Because they're they're always gonna do stuff on their own time, and generally speaking, their first party stuff is always worth waiting for. So Absolutely. I just kind of yeah, I just kind of leave them on the side and just worry about what Sony just, and fucking Microsoft are doing because they I always just, fuck each other over. I just want it. <laughs> Allow me to be selfish for once. I haven't turned my switch on in months. I just, I just, hey, there's a game called Xenoblade Chronicles you can play. Ken, it's pretty excellent. I am not paying sixty dollars for a game I'm gonna stare at for. There's, 20 minutes pa- and never play. New, new, new Paper Mario coming out soon. I oh, yeah, that's like true. Those, I, I don't well, like Then you have poor taste. Yeah, I'm excited for the maybe, new Paper Mario. Maybe, yeah, this, maybe this Paper Mario sucks like um, Sticker Star. I don't know. Shut up. It didn't suck. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> your opinion is wrong. It didn't matter which one you said. I thought you were going to say Color Splash. Then Drew was going to come after you. <laughs> The writings, the writing in those games are great, but I just was like, I don't want to have to keep collecting attacks. Color, I don't want to get in fights. Good too. 
it's just the it's just the, it was just a poor decision making on their part. I liked the summons; those were neat. Well, as long but, as we can agree that uh, Thousand Year Door is the worst Paper Mario game of all time, I'm not getting behind that. Yeah, I'm not getting behind yeah. it. Like, that's a universal universal uh, thing. Nobody likes that game, so we can just move please, on. Please, please, please send all messages to Jay at Drew Leachman on Twitter. I'm just gonna. Yep. Hang out. Uh, this isn't really game. I guess it's kind of game news, but I just want to say that this is quite possibly the best headline ever written in the history of headlines. <clears throat> Chuck E. Cheese, beloved rat-themed children's casino, has filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it's I think it's video game related. <laughs> that headline is perfect. That is really good. Beloved rat based. <laughs> yeah, that, it, so it reminds me of a there was a uh, there was a tweet a couple of years ago with just a picture of Chuck E. Cheese. And it says, So come on down to Mechanical Rat Pizza in the Child Casino. And that's, <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> and it's funny because I just I just saved that tweet the other day. <laughs> and there's another one that was Hi, welcome to Chuck E. Cheese. Everything is visibly dirty, and our mascot is a rat. Eat some, eat some pizza near a sneezing child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. The only, the only thing, good thing that's come out of Chuck E. Cheese in the last ten years is during the pandemic they were selling pizzas for five bucks under the what's it called name. If you yeah. had it delivered, they had a different name. Yeah, but if you went there, then obviously then you knew what you were getting in. You knew what you were in for. Yeah. I mean, I never went to any of these locations. I, I drove by them many a times. I saw them on one of the major mm-hmm. highways. But at the same time, it's kind of sad to see it go because it's kind of been a staple. My you know, childhood is disappearing between this and Toys R Us. Yeah. Mine was gone long before with because uh, we didn't. I didn't have Chuck E. Cheese. We had a thing called Choo Choo Charlie's, which was the exact same concept. Mm-hmm. Canada. Well, um, here, uh, locally, it used to be called Showbiz Pizza. And then, oh, by the way, it was yeah, show, yeah we had showbiz pizza because they had what was his what was his name the the gr- gr- oh, he was a grizzly bear right or a, like a bear the big purple thing that what yeah. was the, oh my god yeah the the main character was the bear right and but there was like this purple monster in his band he had a name and it fucking creeped me out as a kid I don't remember what it was anyway. That's neither here. I was actually at Chuck E. Cheese a couple of years ago. My son went to a birthday party for one of his classmates. Did you Did you guys have a good time? Is it Was it okay? Yeah, he had a ball. He loved it. Um, That's a shame, man. I... It It is because he wanted to have one of his birthdays there, oh. and then like the pandemic happened, and like we couldn't do it this year, and then he filed bankruptcy. So. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll get bought out and you know revitalized, kind of like how what Toys R Us was. The Toys R Us where I am is uh, now a furniture store. Uh, it's gone. Sense. Like, the building is... Have, yeah. You still have them in Canada. Well, I don't live in Canada, okay? Sucks to be you, doesn't it, Ken? I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe sometimes, maybe not other times. You can't eat all this food I can't fucking eat because we don't have it in Canada because I don't know why. I still got Toys for Us. Well, you enjoy your Toys for Us. I will enjoy my very bad food. Yes. I got an email from Chad. He says, so last week I said I had a hard time remembering things by the sun- by the time Sunday rolls around, so I tried something different this week. I took a note every time a random thought pops into my head that I want to share. These are not very deep thoughts, and I'm no Jim Handy, but here they are in no particular order. 
Been thinking about my experience with Final Fantasy VII Remake lately. It's an unpopular opinion, uh, but I'm not a very big fan. It's like running into your high school sweetheart at a 20-year reunion. So many memories come bubbling to the surface, and you can't wait to get caught up. However, when face-to-face, she is... (laughs) Chat killing me. However, when face-to-face, she is wearing way too much makeup for someone her age, and she trodes on until you realize she's a completely different person. She's boring. Excited at first, you are now furtively checking your watch and trying to figure out how to distance yourself without hurting anyone's feelings. I'm sorry, that's very humorous to me. <sighs> Bullet point two. Let's talk about why Ken is wrong about The Last of Us 2. Just kidding. I actually share some of his criticisms. However, one of the things I did enjoy was finding those superhero cards. If you take the time to read them, they are very interesting. Could that be a nod toward Naughty Dog's next big project? Instead of another dramatic third-person shooter, are they going to attempt to create a new superhero-like franchise? I doubt it, but it might be interesting. Speaking of The Last of Us 2, here's a criticism I haven't heard. Every time you enter a combat moment, the music ramps up and then dies off after everyone is killed. Although it's nice to have that sigh of relief so you can proceed with checking every nook and cranny, I think it would be more suspenseful if there, were, if there weren't any musical cues. Hmm, good point. Uh, next bullet point, growing old socks. I think I finally entered the Grandpa Fart stage. That's when your once youthful ass is now so sad and flabby that every time you crack a rat, it sounds like a tuba section at an eighth grade Christmas concert. <laughs> That's I've never had it described that way, but I can kind of see where you're going with that. Ironically, it's also the same phase that makes you nervous every time you are about to chuff. That's a little British slang for you, John. In the words of Jack Nicholson, never trust a fart. Unfortunately, Ken might be the only one that understands what I'm talking about here. I've never had fear of that. I know a lot of people are afraid of their farts. I'm very comfortable with mine. Okay. I think he's hating on you for being old, Ken. I don't. You know what? There's a lot of things to hate on me for. Being old is not one you should focus on. <laughs> You're not even that much older than me. I'm really not. I, I mean, I have crossed that threshold, though. I am in the big four O number category now. <sighs> anyway, just heard about the interest mechanic. Sorry, just heard about an interesting mechanic for AC Valhalla. Even though you will be playing as Ivor, is that how you say it, Ivor? Somebody, I don't know. Okay, I know somebody. They like clarified that online. I think it's pronounced Ivor. Throughout the story, there is a character creation mechanic. Apparently, the Viking you create will be represented in your friends' villages that are also playing the game. Any of my friends that are connected will have their Viking representative in my village and vice versa. So feel free to make the ugliest and dumbest-looking Vikings for your friends. You're welcome. I think that's cool. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, And for my final thought, happy belated Father's Day to Drew. (laughs) God damn it, I wanted to do that so bad last week. <laughs> God Drew's damn it. Like, Drew's like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I'm, oh, I'm just... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a father. Drew, just... <laughs> oh, God. Maybe it's because I haven't drank in me. But it's just one of those things where I should have just said it last week. Oh, everybody should wish Drew... <laughs> He's out celebrating the start of a future life. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Dick the birthday boy sounds dirty. 
That's, that uh, sounds wrong. That's that, so. That's Rich from uh, yeah. Red Letter Media. Yeah, that's Rich Evans uh, from Red Letter Media. I love their uh, videos. Uh, and he was apparently on Ellen DeGeneres, like that picture was. And now he says, yeah, I've been on Ellen DeGeneres before. <laughs> Holy shit, that looks bad. The Rockefeller explosion bear behind him, which is clearly somebody in a suit. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's the showbiz pizza bear. I'll link you a video that's awesome when it regards to uh, Dick the birthday boy. Okay. Um, Tweet. Tweet, tweet, tweets. This was tweeted at us. Um, This is Guzzlerus at Daybreak. Yes, maybe talk about melee combat in The Last of Us 2. Feel awkward. LOL. Named the game. That makes gunplay and melee combat feels better than Naughty Dog game, please. Because after playing Last of Us 2, it almost makes Red Dead 2, all one word, unplayable, and character story is more than amazing. Words. Words, 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 salad, words, words. There's no punctuation. There's one period in that sentence. Uh, Days gone. All right. Uh, I can name multiple games where the shooting is way better than in The Last of Us. Well, I just mentioned it when I was talking about The Last of Us, but I immediately went back to Control, and I was like, oh, you feel so good. And, like, like I get it. Like, you're saying, like, like I understand his, the, the point that he's trying to make is, like, all these things that he thinks works well, plus a story. But I, the issue with Days Gone was not the gameplay or the story. The issue of Days Gone was, wow, I need you to trim a little bit off of this this very bloated game because the gameplay is fun, but there's a lot in between where I'm just going, God, get me to the next point. So days uh, gone is a good game. Everybody should play that. It's if you like last of us, I think you'll like days gone. It's, it's a pretty well done game and I'm sure it's dirt cheap now. We have David who says, glad I finished up the podcast on the way home. You two had me getting super hungry as I sit down to relax with my block of cheese and pork rinds. Interesting meal. We had a block of cheese. I think pork rinds are disgusting. We had a very long conversation last week about weird food combinations. combinations yeah. And, and Ken is weird and I'm not. Well, I'm very boring and Ken's normal. One of the two. Give me an example of something extreme. Uh, what what was the what was a good one from last week? Was it the um? You had string cheese and cereal. String right. cheese and Reese cup cereal. That's yeah, that was, that's a good one. Not yeah, you, kind, but Dude. like biting, eating one and then eating the other. Yeah, like you take a bite of the string cheese and you take a handful of Reese cereal or spoonful or whatever. Do you like to microwave the the milk before you put the cereal in? No, God, no. Warm milk is disgusting. Yeah, that's terrible. Just checking. The thought of that makes me want to vomit. No, there was was quite a bit of them. Some of them not so weird. Like, I put french fries on certain cheeseburgers. I mean, a lot of cheeseburgers don't come french fries, so yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like... Like, you put them on the bun with the burger and you just eat it that way. Like and Anthony thought that about, was weird. Uh, I'm thinking about, like, weird combination of foods that I enjoy, but I, I can't. I mean, like, it's weird in the stance that, like, a lot of them is, like, Asian-oriented. So I guess it might be weird to you guys, but it's not particularly weird to me. 
So I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I, I bet it's not actually. Yeah, it's probably not weird. Like, I don't know. It's just familiar and weird. It's like weird would be like two different things that shouldn't go together at all. Mm-hmm. I think I think for me, it's it's mostly a lot of combinations of chocolate and cheese. Like that one weirds people out more than mm-hmm. most things. Like I love the taste of chocolate and cheese together. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. One more call it. Uh, I know one of the easiest or the quickest ones that people bring up is um, pizza and, and pineapple. I, uh, I love pizza and pineapple. Yeah, I yeah. I, I was at one point I was like I didn't know that would work until I tasted it because I was curious and then I loved it and then since then on I have Hawaiian pizza all the time. See, I don't oh, actually it. like Hawaiian pizza because I don't like ham on my pizza. Uh, okay. I like pepperoni and pineapple together. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I'll tell you. Oh. You gotta, you gotta do the, you gotta do the crazy. What was that? Was it CC's Pizza? They had the mac and cheese pizza. Yeah, that was CC's. That's some good shit. I ain't gonna I, lie. I also had the taco pizza. It smells exactly like a taco, but it's on the pizza, and it tasted pretty great. I mean, the stuff you put in a taco sounds like it would be fine on a pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh-huh. I yeah, never understood why good. people got upset about. Like, I don't like pineapple on a pizza. But I've never understood. Like it's I, yeah, I don't understand the stigma behind it. Like it, I don't enjoy it, but who cares? I mean, but you like, put other vegetables on a pizza. Why not pineapple? It's, it's yeah, just it's one me. of those things that became a meme. Yeah. When did anchovies go out of style for people hating on pizza? You know what? I actually don't mind anchovies either. They're just salty. I know, but yeah. it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like I remember that was the big issue. Like, <laughs> ugh, fish on pizza. I, I don't know if it was necessarily the taste, but maybe the fact that there's like little fish with eyes staring at you on your pizza. <laughs> maybe that's the they problem. Don't have eyes on them. You don't know that. Maybe maybe <laughs> they do. The uh, no, I like I like uh, salty pizza. We've got a good pizza chain around here called Cassano, so that oh, has God, a really God. salty crust. You ever seen them make it? Yep. Like, they just pour that shit on. It's so good. It's so bad for you, but it's so good. It is good. I might have to have um, that today. Another angry person at me. Um, Henrik says, Gotta say, listening to last week's rant about The Last of Us 2 is too much and depressing. Is too much and depressing. I thoroughly enjoy this game and gameplay, and apparently so do many others. Since it's old gangbusters, you said to skip this episode, and I should have listened. <laughs> One, glad I was right about skipping the episode. I warned you. Second, just because it, and this is just this is just for future reference, and it's not. I'm not even criticizing the Last of Us. Using sales numbers to, and and like people response to it now, doesn't mean it's a going to not change over time. There's been plenty of people right now in the moment that don't like it, um, but I mean, like you know, opinions change over time. Sales means nothing. That is not a good factor to talk about quality. There's plenty of good things that don't sell well, and there's plenty of trash that sell gangbusters. It is totally irrelevant to the conversation about quality or criticism or anything like that. The sales means nothing. It's disappointing when something that is good doesn't get sales, and that's it. That's the only time it's worth bringing up. Unless we're having console wars, then clearly PS4 is the best system ever made. With a Z. Wars with a Z. Z. And it's good. And you know what? The second part is like, listen, if you you think, like, if you like The Last of Us 2 and it's selling well, good. It means you get another one. Uh, You know, I'm not going to take part in it, but, like, you know, that just means you'll probably get another one. Although I could have told you it was probably going to sell well beforehand. Yeah. 
I'm not but, shocked by its sales, but that didn't make me like it anymore. Yeah, it's just uh, you have better argument points than that. It's, you, you can do better. Yeah, we don't. I don't care how much something sells. It doesn't make it awesome for me. Like I there's a lot of movies Mine- out there that break records that I think are trash. But I believe Minecraft broke 200 million games sold. It's the second best selling, or it's the top selling game of all time. Uh, it's still behind Mario, right? No, I, I think I it's don't. the best selling game of all time at this point at two hundred million. What 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 was it before? Was it Mario three? Tetris. Why is that Tetris. Tetris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario three was something. Right? Single single games is Mario was Mario three, and now it's Grand Theft Auto five. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but I think Tetris. The problem is, is that okay? So here I'm looking at the list. Um. Oh wow, Tetris is behind now. Uh, Minecraft is number one at 200 million copies mm-hmm. sold. Grand Theft Auto Five, 130 million copies God sold. Damn. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Tetris at 100 million copies sold, and that's Tet- <laughs> they actually specify Tetris by Electronic Arts, not Tetris by Nintendo. Tetris by Nintendo is 43 million copies sold, and that's in that uh, lower rank. So. Right, but you know, uh, the the point stands. I think there's a lot of lot of reasons why people love the game, but sure, yeah, the the the, the whole selling thing is is not not the yeah. point that you want to bring up. It's not a. It's not I'm a good I'm thrilled when people are enjoying the shit out of that game. Yeah. Like yeah. more power to you. I just know that my experience was not great. I was happy it was done, and I will never play that game again. And that's just the way it is. Do y'all want to play it six hundred times? Cool, man. Yeah, I, th- I think we covered everything that we want to talk about with The Last of Us with the, uh, the additional things that we talked about today, so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, the last tweet I've got comes from David. He says, The combo of Game Pass and PlayStation Now has really helped my gaming experience these past few months. My five-year-old has been playing, jumping from one game to another. We've beaten Streets of Rage 4, a moment I won't ever forget. Good times, noodle nice. salad. Awesome. Um, uh, I, I tried... Play- I, I probably should have mentioned this. I tested PlayStation Now on my PC... Um, with a wired connection, mm-hmm. so much better than the console experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. I mean, I played Spider-Man, PS4 Spider-Man, and it felt also playing Spider-Man with an Xbox Elite controller. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> nice, nice. But um, yeah, it's so much better on PC with a wired connection. Like so much better. That is probably the best uh, circumstance you can play those platform games on anyway because of um, like a lot of the consoles and stuff, you don't really have the opportunity to have it wired because you know most of the time it's at kind of a location where it's, 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 it's trouble to get those wires in. So playing anything that is streaming over Wi-Fi is always going to give you issues no matter how fast you're wired. I mean, the Wi-Fi connection is. So definitely play wired, play on PC if you can. Or you can play wired on the console, but still probably end up getting better performance on a PC. You will. Um, I'm actually going to be testing out Stadia this week. And the reason why I want to test Wi-Fi is because that's what 90% of people are going to use on it. You know, most people are not going to be wired. So when you're given kind of an impression of something, you kind of want to know how the Wi-Fi works. Like, I'm super interested in Project X Cloud because I've heard wonderful things about the wireless connection. And I want to see if it's good. PlayStation Now is not great over wireless. I'm going to test Stadia this week to see how it does. And then when Project X Cloud launches this fall, I'm going to test. It will never replace native gaming for me. But 
when it comes to stuff like, let's say, for example, PS3 games, which you can only play streaming now unless you have a PS3 hooked up, that would be huge if that system works really good on a PC. Right. So uh, it'd be it'd be great for being able to have those games. Now that we understand that the PS5 is not going to be a system that's going to allow you to play those PS3, PS2, PS1 games, it's going to be good to have a different way to be able to play some of them. Because, uh, you know, I mean... As good as games are these days, there are some amazing experiences that you won't be able to get uh, without having access to those older consoles and having another avenue of access is is always great. Yep, yep. I love having the ability to play older games. Even if I don't play them like as much as I play the newer games, I still want to be able to... Go. I can't wait till the day when we can have all of our PS2 xbox and gamecube games on a thumb drive like we can all of our genesis super nintendo and nes games on a thumb drive right now like that's that's a beautiful thing i can't i i love i love being able to play those older games and if you, the easier you make it the better it's going to be like um ken i wanted to actually bring up a point about how he now has access to ps now and the game pass and he's got all these games to play as as a father and you know as someone that's been introducing your child to games and everything how have you gone about it do you like give your kid like a bunch of different games to play or do you just kind of like give him one to see if he likes it and then move on to the next one if he likes it or not or how, how have you been doing it so i kind of so he's in a very fortunate position that he pretty much has access to just about every damn game he could ever want of course but i make him pick it and kind of experience with it i don't just give him carte blanche nice because if i did then he would just be overwhelmed and let's be fair i've given him a ton of games he keeps going back to the same ones he's a big minecraft dude (laughs) um plays a ton of goat simulator again wombat will be there with me i don't get it but these kids love it Yep. I, I I don't know why. Um I've let him play other stuff. Like he he enjoys Mario, but he doesn't get into it as much. Um he seems to be in that kind of if it doesn't have like a sandboxy style approach to it, he doesn't want anything to do. He likes to be creative. He likes to just go in and mess around. So mm. games with like A to B structure he's not he's not yes, super yeah. into. What about you, Ryan? Um, so my son, um anymore is at the age where he plays what his friends are playing um, in terms of like multiplayer stuff. So um, he plays a lot of Roblox um, because that's what his friends play. He plays, you know, a lot of Minecraft because that's what his friends play. Uh, As far as single player stuff, um, lately he's gotten into Subnautica. He's been playing that quite a bit. Um, We've, we play, uh, we've played, uh, retro games and stuff. Um, and he played a lot of those really when he was younger. Um, anymore, he he kind of picks where he wants to go with the games he wants to play. Obviously, he plays a lot of Fortnite. Um, but I'm I'm not really at the um, like he's not really at the point at this point where it's like me pointing him to stuff necessarily. He kind of finds his own stuff, and we have Game Pass too, so he knows that. If he goes on there, he knows what he's allowed to play and what he's not allowed to play. So he'll find his own stuff sometimes. 
Nice. Yep. That's that's very cool. I think um, you know I don't have kids of my own, of course, but I had my sister's nephew, which I had to babysit all the time. A lot of the ways that I used to interact with them was that I would give them games, and I think the wrong thing that I did when it comes to introducing them to games, especially when they were young, is I think I just kind of gave them too much, and I should have just kind of tried to focus them along like certain things and see if they like it and kind of branch that from there. I just kind of like said, here's a here's a DS, here's a PSP. Each <laughs> of these have like 150 games each you guys play whatever and i felt like they kind of experienced that as kind of like this is how i'm going to be experiencing games and in bunches and you know in large groups instead of having to focus so they played a lot of things they didn't beat a lot of things and that kind of reflects a lot of what they're doing now i feel like so i kind of regret doing it that way Uh, yeah i don't i don't know how much of that is that influence and how much of it is just that's kind of the um zeitgeist for lack of a better word at this point for games that kids are interested in. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Roblox is so um, omnipresent is because there's, you know, a thousand different games you could play at any given time. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much that of that is, you know, because the, the way you show them stuff and how much of it is just what's, um, the style that's kind of popular today. I mean, when we were growing up, the style of games that were new were a lot different um, than the stuff that's coming out now. And if you notice, the stuff that's targeted to kids these days or teenagers these days, um, the the stuff that was targeted to teenagers when we were kids has grown up with us. And so it's it's a lot of stuff that's you know relatively inappropriate for kids these days. Um, it's, you know, it's turned into mature rated stuff and that kind of, that kind of thing. Whereas the stuff that's targeted to them is much more, as Ken mentioned, creative and design your own. Um, that's the kind of stuff that's valued today. Right. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. I also try to remind him constantly of how privileged he is. Cause when I was growing up, there was like a new game. Once every six months, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and we needed the six months to beat the fucking games if they were hard. Yeah, yeah, they were hard, and then we would just play them over and over. Yeah. Like This game is like an hour and a half long. You probably beat that thing like 20 times before you got a new game. For I, sure. I, I, just, uh, I remember getting like one Mega Man game for like eight months. Yep. And then it would take me like four months to beat it because I was so little. And then eventually I would just keep beating it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of my experience with that video game. But, you yes, know, when, yeah. When Mega Man Battle Network 3 released, that's all I played for probably three or four months. Yeah. Like, yeah, nowadays we can't go a week without wanting a new game. Yeah. Not me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I take forever. Oh, it's awful. I, I sit and I think about that sometimes to myself. I'm like, you know, I, I get in a funk that I don't want to play anything, and it's not that I don't have something to play, it's that I want something new that I haven't played before. <laughs> yeah, as much as you remind your child about being in a privileged position, so are we, you know? Oh, <laughs> oh but I know I am. I look at it every... I, I sit down and, like, I have a hundred games installed on my Xbox. I can cycle through them five times and be like... I don't really want to play any of these, and then I sit there and I think to myself, "Why the fuck do I have them installed?" Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a silly thing. It's it's an embarrassment of riches, and oftentimes maybe we don't deserve it with the way that we kind of uh, 
kind of push things aside. But that's what the backlogs are for. You know, you got to make a conservative effort to go through them if you actually care enough. Oh, I do. I there's so many games I want to finish, and I get frustrated every time I think about it. I'm like, I could finish that game, and I'm like, I don't want to play that game right now. I want to play this new shiny game that I got. Man, see, I'm I'm the exact opposite. I tend to get on one game and play it until it's done. I to need the to point do that. that I to the point that I. Uh, refuse to start something new until I've finished. Even if I'm not really digging what I'm playing, I try to get that's through a, as much of it as I can. That's proper self-control, Ryan. You have my respect. <laughs> the, uh, I just, well, and the reason is because when I was in my early 20s, um, I uh, bought everything and played it for like two hours each and then switched to something else. Yep. And as my as my gaming time got more limited, um, it was like, well, why don't I just only buy the stuff I really want to play and let it dominate my time? And the fact that, generally speaking, my my genre is open world giant games, so um, they don't really lend themselves well to starting one and then starting another and then starting another. That's true. You, you do seem to have like a a fondness for open world games, especially. I do. I do. None of them are short. (laughs) No. No. All right. uh, So let's end this up and say that if you want to tweet us at M4G Podcast, if you want to shoot us an email, it's podcasts at ztgd.com. You can follow all of us on Twitter. Drew is at Drew Leachman, which we already discussed, but he's already gone. So that guy. No. Make sure it's Uh, on that. uh, Jay Jay is at Bodicide Jay. Um, Ryan is at Wombat RP. I'm at ZTGD, and you can follow the site at ZTGD Content. Drew is not here, but I'm assuming they're still working through Blood and Wine. I know they're not finished, so that'll be the next Phoenix down. And unless there's anything else, I yeah, think I got we're... two things. One, uh, for it. uh, it'd be if awesome you... if I just made Craig leave right now, wouldn't it? Oh, I would be hurt. <laughs> I'd be hurt on an emotional level. Um, any players of the old game Driver Three? That's Drive Three or um, <laughs> Drive Three? Yeah, uh, one of the art musicians who I'm friends with now. Um, he put up the album that ha- like one of the songs from Driver Three was on, uh, "Boy from the City." Um, it, so slow mo, slow mo on um, Spotify. Boy from the City. It's there if you. The soundtrack was the best thing about that game because the rest of it ran poorly. But um, it's up now if anybody wants to listen to that. It, in fact, my only tattoo is based on that band, um, of all things. And there's an artist who I found out about recently who does hand-drawn game guides for NES games, and they're fantastic. Uh, his name is Phil Summers. Uh, his Twitter is at HeyPhilSummers. He's putting out one for Zelda tomorrow. It's amazing. He's hand-drawn all the maps. It's an actual game guide, but it's kind of in the style of like the artwork from uh, Adventure of Link. Sort of like really detailed, but also like super colorful and stuff. Um, he's selling it digitally and physically. Physically is going to be limited to, I think, a thousand copies, but... Uh, he's thinking about doing another press run, but it's it's fantastic. He's put up some uh, examples of what it's going to look like, and it's really amazing stuff. So if having art books based on video games is your thing, I'd give him a look. All right. 
Well, if there's nothing else, we're going to get out of here. Peace, Bertrish. Alrighty. And it goes something like this.